While we'll be consuming alcohol throughout the show, should you choose to join in, we ask that you only do so where it's legal, safe, and in moderation. We also welcome your feedback and suggestions on our Instagram at Movies Rock Podcast. And should we say anything rude, non-inclusive, or otherwise wrong, we apologize in advance. We are affirming of all, so with that being said, offense or ill will is never our intent. Now let's get back to the show. warming up the, the air horn i don't even know why i came back i love it i love no. that air horn. No. <laughs> inclusive uh, my ass <laughs> apparently uh, our, our viewers love the air horn too as, yeah. as i heard from a couple of my boys nice. i'm gonna give a shout out to to the the dude who liked it the most <laughs> I Salvatore. swear if I know this person. Oh, okay. no, you don't. I don't know Salvatore. All right. Salvatore. Sal, my buddy Sal, he's been friend. He's one of my oldest friends since we were like 14. Sally. Uh, actually, younger than that. We were in like, I don't know, sixth or seventh grade when we met. Well, hey, uh, from Salvatore, you're all right. But your friend Eric's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> but he loved the air horn so much. So I wanted to uh, give him a shot. Everyone's awesome. wrong sometimes. Don't worry. <laughs> Can't wait till dick. he hears this. I'm not going to tell him we even said anything. I'm just going to wait for him to wait for him back. to listen. Yeah. Hey, Salvatore, this one's for you. I think. I think. I. We, you should. We should. We should. I think we should also announce. We should also announce that uh, we actually have a new listener according to the data. Somebody in One the room. Guy. What in the Russian Federation, bro? We're Ooh. being heard in Russia, dude. Oh, that's 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 Sal. No joke. <laughs> <laughs> Great, that's Great. awesome. Good job, Sal. <laughs> as long as it's not somebody who's trying to hack us. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Is it time to get started? I don't know. I think we lost Eric. <laughs> womp womp. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we lost Eric. And here we go. We're back to where we started. Eric, Eric, of course, wanted to do an episode on Marvel, but we decided, you know, no, no, let's we'll do. Like we've had enough. We can't. We can't keep doing Marvel, dude. We Eric, can't you dial keep it back. doing Marvel, bro. Can't keep it's doing the same Marvel. with all the anime, dude. It's just look. I love anime, but sometimes <sighs> there you just goes. Can't. <laughs> he's really off now. <laughs> can we leave all of this in? I want to. I might. Why not? I just might. Hey! All right. Don't tell him what we told him. All right, we won't say anything. You don't have to listen to the video. You don't have to listen to it. Did you stop the recording? Or we no, we're still, we're, we're still good, baby. We're still so good. I don't know what happened. Because <laughs> you said, oh, it's it's Sal, and that's it. You're yes. done. Because <laughs> he's, he's the guy in Russia. That's, Are you serious? No. He's in, he's in South Carolina. Oh, okay. Oh, that's awesome. Well, yeah, right, well, we have somebody listening Russian in Russia. Listener, please don't hack us. Yes. I can't wait to listen back and hear what shit you guys were talking because... <laughs> Just wait. Just mm. wait. Anyways. Um, all right. Well, yeah. Well, everybody, welcome to a Movies on the Rocks. We are the Movie Boys. And uh, we, this is a special episode today. We are doing a review and conversation about the Denny Villeneuve, Villeneuve, sorry, I was watching that Vanity Fair video you sent, it's Villeneuve, 
Denny Villeneuve um, uh, motion picture known as Dune, which is now, in my opinion, it's Dune Part 1. Oh, yeah. because It's not just in your opinion. That is the truth. That is the truth now. Because everything's shown Dune, but when you watch the movie, he literally put Dune Part 1. I'm like, oh, I already know this is going to be a good shit. Well, yeah, and, and you can already, if you want to look it up on IMDb, yeah. the, Dune Part 2 is the sequel. That is what yes. it's called And today. the only news I have is that they have announced that there will be a sequel. It is greenlit. It has of been greenlit. Be. Well, no, they didn't say it was, they, they didn't, didn't know. until after they, they released it. Yeah. They didn't greenlight it yet. They didn't greenlight well, it. I'm, so. I'm sure they were waiting to make the $300 million they made on this movie. Oh, I'm sure. But even still, they didn't know because, look, dude, no no, no lie. This movie is hard sci-fi. It's hard sci-fi. It's very yeah. tough. But I loved for, every second of it. I know you did because you, you like sci-fi. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm saying like... You know, I'm saying like Joe Blow sitting in some podunk movie theater in the Midwest. Is he going to like it? Maybe, maybe not. But it looks like he did, which is something that we that I definitely want to talk about in regards to the differences that this movie has in comparison. Honestly, because you have to compare it to the David Lynch movie to a certain degree. To to our our third listener, Joe, out in the Midwest. Uh, <laughs> you're all right, too, man. It, it's all right. <laughs> I love you, Joe. I love you, Joe. Yeah, I'm being being an asshole. I'm being a bitch. So we go over uh, drinks. Is it drinks time? Yes, we're gonna talk about drinks now. We're talking about Dune. We haven't gotten to the drinks. I'm excited to talk about Dune too. I'm not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's go ahead and talk about the drinks. Um, Derek, what are you drinking tonight, bro? I always like starting with you because you 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 bring the pain, baby. All right, so you guys, uh, I, I feel like you guys mentioned that I would like this, and so I think that's why I grabbed it off the shelf, but I, I didn't actually take any notes or anything. Uh, this is, is uh, Lawnmower from St. Arnold. Oh, oh yeah. I yeah. think you'll like it. I think you'll like Never it. had it. Uh, we're going to yeah. try that and see if I it's a classic gag. beer, bro. Yeah, bro. It's a classic beer. It's a, it's a lager, right? I don't know, but it's light. I yeah. Know it's light. It's like a citrusy kind of thing. You know, that's not bad. That's not bad. I mean, it's not my favorite. It's not... Uh, it's not sweet at all, like some of the ciders and stuff that I really no. enjoy. No, it's a straight up no, beer, no. man. But it's just a beer. It's a straight man. up it's beer. Cool. I like this. Uh, it doesn't say what it is. Like a like what kind uh, of beer it is. Yeah, that's weird. Oh, look, you guys, you guys, go ahead. And I've got a well, backup no. that I'll switch to in a moment. No, no. Okay, yeah, no. But the good thing with Lamo is that it's a good enough beer. Where like it's it's better, of course, like in the summer kind of shit. But that's the reason why. Like it's a good beer, like after a hot day. You know what I'm saying? Like it refreshes. If you say so, we'll see. Anyways, all right, Eric, what are you drinking, bro? I'm drinking uh, today. I'm drinking uh, cherry coke and vodka. That's what I found. Nice. I put it in the cup. And yeah. how's it going? It's good. Nice. You know, cherry coke and vodka. There we you go. Can't complain. Nope, nope, nope. Drinking, of course, Bacardi Black and Coke. So I'm good to go. Wanted to keep it simple because I, I think we need to really dig deep into this movie, man. I really do. I really want to dig deep in this movie, bro. Like so much. So that's our drinks for right now. We're not doing any news. Really, the only news is the green light, which happened, which was great. Um, but let's go ahead and start talking about the movie. So I wanted to say one thing that I noticed in this movie, which was fantastic, which was cool also, is I was list. I watched that. Well, let's talk about the movie as far as what it is. It's Dune Part 1, like we said, directed by Denis Villeneuve. It's starring... A host of people, Jason Momoa, Oscar Isaac, Rebecca Ferguson, Timothy Chalamet, 
Josh Brolin, Charlotte Rampling, fucking Zendaya, the Skarsgård, uh, fucking Dave Bautista. Uh, I mean, and there's a lot of other people that character actors are in the movie too. Uh, Javier Bardem is in the movie. I mean, there's a there's a ton of people in the movie, and they're all and the, every actor like is amazing. I think they all did a great job. I can't say which one did not do a great job. I think for me, I think probably my favorite character so far has been Baron Harkonnen or Harkonnen as they pronounced it in the movie because Stellan Skarsgård to be wearing a fat suit and being doing what he's doing and he's still giving off the type of energy he did in that movie dude was amazing real creepy vibes not gonna lie yeah yeah very very believable villain yeah for real and he didn't like it's not like he did much you know what I mean like he didn't move much but it's like every time those like those back implants like lit up and you heard the popping sound, you're like, "Fuck, that's not good." You know? they, didn't, they didn't even tell us. They didn't hint at what it no, was. No, no, it's yeah. just something that makes him fucking bad. <laughs> and I don't know what it is, and I don't want to know. I'm not reading the books because I wanna, I wanna enjoy the next film. Yeah, yeah. If they even talk about it, I don't even know if they're going to. But if they do, I don't, I don't want to know until they talk about it. Yeah. So if anybody doesn't has been living under a rock for the past, I don't know, fifty or so years, here's a here's a synopsis of the movie at least in regards to um, uh, Dune. It's, the fe- it's a feature adaptation of Frank Herbert's sci-fi novel about the son of a noble family entrusted with the protection of the most valuable asset and most vital element in the galaxy. That's a small synopsis. But really, spoiler alert, what it is is that you have these houses. You have House Atreides and you have House Harkonnen who are mortal enemies. Okay, They've been fighting for hundreds, probably even thousands of years. They've been mortal enemies. And it's it's, uh, it's very similar in some ways to the Romeo and Juliet. I forget the two family names. Oh, Montague's and the Capulets. Capulet. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Like you get two rivaling families, essentially. Well, here's the funny thing is that I was talking to my brother, who's, who's a big Dune guy. He's a big Dune guy. And we I go because I was like the, in the movie, we're going to be FYI, guys. We're going to be jumping around in the movie a lot. There's a scene where Baron Har- Harkonnen. Um, it's gonna take me time to say keep not say Harkonnen because they say Harkonnen in the Dune in the original one. Baron Hark the Baron talks to Oscar Isaac right before Oscar Isaac dies in the in that at that at that table scene, and he calls him cousin. And he goes out like a damn G too. Fuck yeah, way. dude, he does that. He does with that that gas tooth. But yeah. what I'm saying, man. he calls him cousin, and I and I heard that, and I was like, I think they're related distantly. But then I was talking to my brother, go, is they related? He's and my brother looked into it, and it's it's uh, Lady Jessica. Lady Jessica is an Ill- is the illegitimate child of Baron Harkonnen. Wait, what? Okay, His wait. Mom? Time out. Is this is this gonna give stuff away in part two? It is, isn't it? You sons. I don't think. No, no. That's not in the book, dude. That's just that's just the history. Oh, it's just oh, it's just like the Dune lore. Yeah, like the Dune lore. She is the illegitimate okay. daughter of Baron Harkonnen. So Paul's mother, the the woman no, who the, mean, no, the matriarch. No, yeah, Paul's mother. Yes. Yeah, the matriarch, like the the protagonist, yes. well, well, one of the protagonists mm-hmm. in this film, yeah, the and matriarch so, of Paul's family, yeah. And and what's the the Bene Gesserit? She's part of the Gen- Bene Gesserit order, or whatever. Yes, yes, she is. But she left the Harkonnens to go to the Bene Gesserits, or she was placed 
with the Bene Gesserit. It's probably from birth. And, and the Bene Gesserits are the people that look like nuns, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. The little thing. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. They're the people they're, that They're basically look like where nuns. they pulled the idea of the Jedi from. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, right. so yeah, they like, like that. I think they, I think she was placed there probably as a baby. And he probably doesn't even know this. So how great is it that 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 makes that makes the movie even that much better because it's no longer about Paul Atreides taking down the Harkonnen family for what they did. It's about bringing together his two families that maybe he doesn't even know he has. I don't think he's going to bring them together. No, there'll only be one left. I'm still confused. And okay, sorry, not to to cut away from. I'm confused. Why would he call him cousin? Wouldn't he call him son? They're probably distant cousins too. Oh, uh, yeah, like a medieval thing, like everybody's related. Yeah, like everybody's related kind of thing. Oh, one of those, the bloodline thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, it, I mean, I mean, it, yeah, I think that's part of it also. But, like, but like, like you know, like in Europe, all the royals are related yeah, to a certain degree. Incestual stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's just kind of like cousins marrying cousins and all that stuff. Yeah. So, that's probably where it comes from. Um, but, I mean, even still, you can tell, like, that there's, like, a deep-seated hatred. So... And, and and the cool thing I liked about it, which, and I'm sure you watched in that video, when he talked about the technology in Dune, mm-hmm. okay, because there's a series called the Balerian Jihad, which is like a trilogy prequel to Dune, and it talks about the AI war that he was talking about in there, in that video. So that's why there's no artificial intelligence there's no computers everything's real analog there's nothing digital because because of the aspect of ai because they don't want ai to be active that was um, that was a a constant topic whenever like because after i watched the movie you know naturally i wanted to go and get you know watch other youtube videos of other people talking about the story and where it all comes from and all these things Mm -hmm. what they mean in the background and blah, blah 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 all that stuff and that was a constant topic of, of conversation is how um, these these families are, I don't know, echoing exactly what you said. It, it, they are, they're exactly trying to um, just own it all, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They're trying to just get everywhere and just own as much of a piece of the pie. And, and, and the Atreides are just trying to do more so that way they could probably i'm sure leto was trying to become an emperor of some kind get enough people to back him to do it and the 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 emperor just got and that's what we say he got jealous he's a that's why harkonnen was like he's a dangerous jealous man well and they say it's it's interesting how they don't paint in this version of dune they don't paint the duke to look like that they paint him as this you know, silver, this white knight kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's got all the upstanding morals. He he wants to, um, what are the, gosh, what's the name of the people? I watched this movie three days ago. What's the name of the people that live on? Um, the Fremen. The yeah, Fremen. Fremen. And his first inclination is to make peace with them, right? Yeah. And yeah. like that's, that's kind of a new concept whenever you see what the Harkonnens were doing before. But yeah, he's making peace with them, but he's got an ulterior motive. He wants them to back his plan. I thought he wants that spice. (laughs) That's what he's doing. He wants to make that paper, boy. Yeah, he's trying to get that. (laughs) It never, it never felt like coming from a place of greed. Maybe he was trying to cement in his his existence, right, within all the dynasty and whatnot. 
Well, what, are you muting yourself? Don't mute yourself like that, Derek. Just you're cutting yourself off. Go ahead, Derek. Sorry. I was um, saying that he, he's. What is, it seemed as though he wasn't doing it from a place of greed. It sounded as though he was trying to just have enough strength to continue existing when the emperor came to to collect, you know, and and take him down. I guess that's to me. That's what I didn't. I guess there was some confusion that I I'm maybe going to get more information on um, in the second movie, or maybe not. And that's when I'll probably start asking people about like Dune heads about this. But um, he wasn't like he didn't choose to go there. No. You know, he was told to go there, you know, and continue this like spice wrangling or whatever you want to yeah, call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mining the spice mining or whatever. Um, so for me, I was when you just said like he's got ulterior mode. What are his motive? Like, I don't. I, and again, if you feel like it's going to give stuff away, no, I don't want to know. I don't know. Yeah, I, don't okay. know I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I really don't. Here's the thing. Here's the way I looked at it. The way I looked at it is this: they said in the movie that he is, um gaining influence in the Landsrad. Now the Landsrad, what that what that's supposed to mean is supposed to mean in the aristocracy, in the people who are part of court. Okay? Like the other houses. So maybe not just Harkonnen or Harkonnen, sorry. I'm 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 gonna keep saying it. I'm who sorry. cares, man? Say whatever. But, you okay. Want. okay, I'm used to saying Harkonnen because I've been just saying it for like thirty plus yeah, fucking years. As long as you don't start saying tomato then we'll be okay. I think I say potato. So anyways, so, <laughs> but, but I think what he's saying, okay, they're gaining power in the Landsrad. And because he's gaining power in the Landsrad, to a certain degree, the emperor wanted to kind of appease him and give him a gift to, to, uh, to, to kind of say, okay, you're, you know, you're gaining some friends in in the in court. I'm gonna give you a little gift that's gonna say, okay, here, take this, but shut the fuck up. You're done. And but then, of course, but I think at the same time, Leto knew he's like, uh, I take this gift. It's like a Trojan horse, so I gotta take care of whatever I'm whatever's happening. Because he knew from the jump, he's like, he's giving me this to try to appease and try to do something backhanded because it's. That's how things in court happen. I, I mean, it's politics. Sure. It's all politics. Well, that, yeah, that's what I'd say. But what he gave him, didn't he end up like screwing him in the long run? Because like when he got there, all the shit was. Yes. Up, you know? Yes. And so, he and he didn't sure. know that when he took it because the Harkonnen fucked everything up. And now that he saw that, he knew that because there was, it was and there was another thing that he said. He said um, to somebody, he's like, we need to get this up and running because I don't like he says me like he basically said like. I'm living on borrowed time if I don't get this shit fixed, kind of thing. He well, made a statement that... in the movie. I don't remember what I remember exactly what he said, but he basically said, "We need to get this up and running because if I don't get this up and running, I think something's gonna happen before I do that. So it has to be done quickly." And he did something. Fucking happened. He didn't know when it was gonna happen, but he knew the Baron was coming. The way we, that... we also go ahead, go ahead. The way that <laughs> I, I understood like... this <laughs> was that. <laughs> The emperor, like he was gaining favor and the emperor wanted to kind of throw him a bone, right? And then as soon as the Duke started talking about how this is all a chess match, you know, like there's there's so many moving pieces that you don't see that it's actually a trap, that we're actually being set up for failure here. Yeah. 
And that made sense to me whenever he turns around and he says, well, I'm going to, I'm going to make good with the locals because that hasn't been done yet. Because it, it, the way that when the emperor handed over the planet, it seemed as though, well, the, the Atreides family might have more success than the Harkonnens did. That's what it sounded like. I need, I need someone to be better than the Harkonnens. And I think Atreides is the next bet. Right. And so when they showed up and it's actually, you know, a trap, well, now he's actually got to succeed against all odds to make friends with the locals, harvest what he calls the desert power, which makes absolute sense, right? Of different different weapons and tactics that you use in different environments and mm-hmm. all that. Mm-hmm. Um, to kind of to, to cement in their foothold, right? To, to make them the long-term liaison rather than just a year or, you know, surpassing the 80 years that they mentioned. I think it was 80 years that the Harkonnens had been there, right? Yeah, yeah. And they mentioned how much money they were making on an annual basis, like $80 billion in spice mining on an annual basis they would clear. I'll take that paycheck. Hell yeah. For one family? That's a lot of money, dude. That's a lot of money. Well, they got to pay for all those other people. Like they got all the followers and all the people that are soldiers and all the material and ships and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Eric, what were you going to say? I was going to say we probably should have prefaced with explaining a little bit of where we're at right here because we kind of just got into it and got excited. Because <laughs> like, this movie was great. Yeah, yeah, I know. We didn't explain like, you know, what right. happened, why they're on this planet, like why they got sent to where they're sent and all that stuff. Okay. Watch, go ahead. Everyone, you, you do it. You do it. You at do home it. should go watch the movie. Let's just start there. Eric, Eric, you go, bro. Set this up. Come on. let's g- Give us some order here, Eric. So the film starts off with Timothée Chalamet. Is it Timothée <laughs> and, or Timothée? No, it's Timothée. It's I, Timothée. Like call, I like to call him Timothée. 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 My daughter has the biggest crush on him, by the way. So I mean, I mean, he's dreamy. <laughs> sure, why not? He's pretty. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway, it, it, it starts off with you kind of getting to know him and his family, yep. and then they get summoned by the emperor to go to what is the place? Arrakis. The name of the place? Arrakis. Arrakis. Yeah. They get summoned to go to Arrakis, and um, isn't it wasn't something in the order about like creating peace to being like peaceful with mm, the Fremen? Sure, wasn't that part of it? No, that was definitely his plan. plan. I don't know if it was okay. stated. Yeah, I don't think it was stated. I think I think he just needed to make sure he, he didn't. Did yeah, yeah, I think he did that because he knew that that because they were giving problems to the Harkonnen. Uh-huh. Okay, he if he appeased them and said, "Hey, look, you know." I'll do what I do. I'll leave you alone. I think that was going to be okay. Okay. That's what he so, was trying to do. Awesome. So they go to this, to, to Arrakis, which is a desertous uh, place, hot, sandy, dune-esque. I guess that's the best way you could say it. <laughs> full of but, dunes. Uh, full I of dare dunes. say dune-esque. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> full of dunes. And they have a um, element or something on the planet called Spice, which is pretty much the most, uh, uh, the most. Uh, what's the word am I looking for? Valuable, 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 sought after thing in the universe because it helps with. I think they said like health and interdimensional travel and yeah. all this yeah. good stuff. It's, all, it's essentially so. their their key to warp. Yeah. yeah. So so yeah. okay. So case in point, um, which is really cool. So I'm gonna do a little juxtaposition here between this one and the 1984 Dune. Okay. So in the 1984 Dune, what it's supposed to do is that it's supposed to, it's something that the Spacing Guild, who does all this traveling, the Spacing Guild, they are the people who are in charge of you being able to travel from one planet to another. And what it does is that it allows the Spacing Guild to be able to, what they say, fold space 
to be able to connect two points without moving. That's what they say. Okay, that's how the book explains it. You're able to connect two points without moving using by way of the Spacing Guild. So, for the 1984 movie, in all its grandiose special effects, or Lynchian special effects, which (laughs) is basically none, um, they go into this one ship, and the na- the 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 spacing guild's navigator, who looks like a big ass fucking worm with a vagina mouth, they um what they- vaginas are you looking at, dude? <laughs> Look at the mouth; it looks like a vagina. But anyways, dude, got teeth. <laughs> no, it still looks like a vagina to me. Anyways, uh. but but it uses the spice to be able, and it looks like in a ship, it just disappears the ship and then reappears on Arrakis, but. In this movie, which I thought was even better, which was I think was awesome by Denny the way he he they did it, is that it's a fucking tube. It's just a tube, and there's a scene where you look out and the ships are coming into Arrakis from Caladan, and you can look through the tube. Okay, or as I said, that scene is when the Ben Jesuit mother shows up. You can look through the tube, and there's mm-hmm. another planet through mm-hmm. that tube. Okay, but around the tube is just space, and you just have Caladan. But in the tube, you see a different planet. So what they're doing there is it's like it's a portal. Exactly, it's like a wormhole. But there's nothing happening. It's just a tube because they're folding space within the tube. So they fly their little happy ship all of six miles in space, and they end up on the other side of the galaxy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's basically and they spend a lot of money doing that. Oh yeah, dude, that was awesome. That was awesome. I loved how when the Herald of the Emperor showed up on Caladan and threw for how it like calculated the shit by rolling his eyes up because they're yeah. supposed to be human calculators, the Mentats. That's yeah. one of the things that you're talking about with like no digital, everything analog. There's they can do everything in their minds without a second thought. That's what they're and bred it, it, for. It looks like. It looked like almost like he was like an android or robotic or something, but he wasn't. Mm-mm. And uh, I asked that I was went to see this with a buddy IMAX, which was great, and he uh, was a, a Dune guy. And I said, "Hey, like, is that a robot or something?" He goes, "No, that's that's a human. It's kind of like what they do." <laughs> you know, so, like, it's like, them, them, like the, the human, the men yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and you know that because of that little line, because uh, the Baron had one too, which was that weird bald guy. That was his mentat, mm-hmm. Pied of Reese, Pied yeah, of yeah. Reese. Yep. yep. And so, like, and he, he also flipped his eyes back. Yes, he did. He did as well. He did as well, which was cool as shit. So it's just like it's it's crazy that how they do it, and that 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 stain on their lip, that's spice, by the way. It is. Yeah, it's spice. Their lips are stained from spice. So wait, Why? so wait, they turn into calculators because they eat the spice? Well, it's it, it opens certain it's the spice is psycho is a psycho um, yeah, psychoactive. It's a psychoactive yeah. drug, so it opens up different portals in your parts of your brain. So I'm sure when those people are bred, because those are you know, they're they're bred for that. You know, different people are for are bred for different orders. When those people are created, the mentats or when they're when they're when they're learning, they give them, I guess, specific spice to be able to open up that part of their brain to be able to calculate quickly like a computer. Wow, there's so much involved. In there this is, world. there is, dude. You know, I, you know, this is quite literally just here. a giant space epic. Like it there is, is so much background. Oh no, dude, and and I mean, I mean, in the books, 
Okay, I mean, spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't read the books before. But in the books, it's funny because, you know, like, I mean, I don't even know. No, I'm not going to say it. I'll tell you guys offline because I don't want to I don't want to fuck with people's heads. But because there's something in the books that you'll be like, what the for real, dude? That like, you'd be like fucked up. But anyway, so um, but all encompassing like spice will just will do whatever it can. It help you. And it can severely fuck you up, in, in according to the books. Mm. I mean, in, in more ways than one. So it's like steroids. Almost, yeah. Dude. <laughs> I was going to say heroin yeah. and cocaine, but okay. It Close, it's, yeah. so steroids could help you, but it could really fuck you up. Yeah, oh, dude. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but, heroin okay. and cocaine don't help. Don't really Never help. mind. <laughs> but I mean, there's, 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 there's a lot of scenes in the, in, in the movie, that like, like that scene. But yeah, but Kate, when we were talking about the whole politics of it is, is that with Dune, everything, you don't see the Emperor, but you can see the Emperor kind of pulling strings in the background where he's he's doing this because he knows Harkonnen's going to do whatever he wants because he took, he, he basically, for, in his mind, I can take Dune away from you. And it's what he did. He's like, I'm going to take Dune away from you. The Emperor is saying he can take it away? Well, th- that's the thing. He's showing the Baron, you may have a lot of money and you may take a lot of power, but check out what kind of power I have. I can right. put my name on a piece of paper and there goes $80 billion in a heartbeat. It almost makes you wonder because the, there's there's quite a few times throughout the movie where they kind of make a, at least a nod to how the Harkonnens or Harkonnens uh, and the Atreides families are, are so powerful that they quite literally could surpass the emperor yeah in in certain aspects of power like likely i think what they're referring to is either raw cash or brute force right yeah but if if the if the emperor is that low on the totem pole these two families are that much stronger um i mean it really got me thinking about the coming movie in i mean my guess is that he's trying to pit them against each other to have both eliminated so neither are a problem for the emperor because he ought to be doing it himself he ought to be running iraq the emperor if the emperor is the emperor and he wants to be all and powerful and all the money he needs to be the one mining the spice he needs to send his people right to iraq real quickly too so you've read dune tomas i'm actually in the middle of it have you derek negative my brothers read it a long time ago all right, it's cool. So we're we're kind of all in the same boat because I wasn't yeah. sure because you know so much history, and then you're saying stuff that like could lead me to believe like, oh, that makes sense. I'm like, has well, he read this book? Okay. Here, the reason is is because he's bringing up different themes and different ideas that have come up in like, like for example, like in Star Trek or in Star Wars or you know other sci-fi hits that are that use the same themes that are in Dune because Dune came out. Um, Long, long before like, those like two. Talking, it's, yeah, it's the source 50s, material. Right? Was yeah. it the fifties? Like Dune was like around the fifties. I thought. That's I'll tell thought. you right now. I'll tell you right now. The original Dune okay. is mostly source material for most of Star Wars yeah. and a lot of a lot of Star Trek stuff. Yeah, it came out in '65. There you okay. go. So it came out before the the original series. So you know, it's yeah. like it, all the ideas are coming. A lot of ideas come from Dune. Yeah. You know what I mean? And as like in with that being said, as like the resident snob in the building here within the podcast, <laughs> the resident snob and like we are not correcting you. <laughs> and the uh 
resident, not really sci-fi, not really nerdy, not really mm-hmm. anime. Pretty much every the antithesis, the antithesis <laughs> of Derek. That's which me. is why we bring you on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I am so interested in this film, and it is. I don't know. There's something about it that is on another level than those other stories. And no offense to you, Derek, no. if you really love Star Trek and Star Wars, but this one has substance it's yes. there and it's deep and it's present mm-hmm. and you don't get i'm not saying um, derek's giving me a weird face i'm not saying that that all of star trek and all of star wars doesn't but what this one brings to the table is on another level and it's better than what i saw with those films here's, in my opinion in my opinion i agree with you to a certain degree so here's something that i think that if if okay we're, we're one of our Patented tangents, everyone. This is a patented Motor Boys tangent. This we movie, we're only thirty minutes so far. Right now. <laughs> exactly. No, I think this is the good. I think this is the good stuff. So, <laughs> so, so this, is the good stuff. The one thing that I I really liked it, and it's something that pertains to me, is that what I what I like is like there is a Star Trek series that is near and dear to my heart. I mean, I love the series. I think it's the best series. Out of all of them, I think it's my favorite one because it has a lot of politics, a lot of intrigue, a lot of relationships that are like from different people, just like with this movie. You have a lot of relationships within a group, okay? And and that is, for me, is Deep Space Nine, where it's like you have a station, like a planet, and its most important asset is the people on the planet, on the station, but they're all different people. And it's all different types of ideas and politics. And, you know, and everybody's colluding and conniving and, and working out different compromises to just to survive. Okay. So if you're interested in watching something that has a lot of the same type of themes as Dune, that's one for me to a certain degree on the politics side. On the Man, politics. I don't. I okay. think so. That here, and Babylon Five. Here, here. Well, I've I've not I watched should, any of these. So. I should preface with that I have also not seen, and I need to watch Babylon Five. So you have, oh, oh my god, that's so good. That's even better than D Space Nine. That's my opinion. D Space Nine was really good. Um, but here's here's the thing because it's it. There is a nerd argument that has raged for years and years and years. I imagine since what, like the sixties and seventies when the first Star Trek series came out, right? And, and Star Wars and what's, in, what's what the was the argument? It, well, it, it it was Star Wars versus Star Trek, right? Are oh, you the Trek or are you the I War? Don't right? Care about that shit. Well, and and I've always thought that yeah, they have a lot of similar concepts and and themes that that you might see connections between, but the stories are very very different. And one is TV episodic. Lots of deep lore because you're going to see it all over hundreds of episodes and Star Wars, which it didn't really get its lore until they started doing the expanded universe books, right? The the movies the, there were just three. It was just three movies. You could watch them in a day and you'd have all the same information that anybody else could have had because that's all there was, right? And here you've got Dune that is doing all the lore because it came from a book that has all of this storyline in the background and they've got today's money to do a space epic on the scale that they've done it this time and it it really it really hits home it lands it's yeah. stuck the landing it, yeah it, 
it paints the episode. And, and it's funny because I was sitting, I was, this is my first note and my only note before I threw away my notes. I was like <laughs> this, this, these sweeping landscapes, the cinematic views, all these things. My first thought was Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah. I've never even seen the movie, but I know that that's what it's known for. Right. L- Lawrence of Arabia is amazing. It's an amazing motion picture. But yes, the sweeping views, the scope, which is something that I noticed when I was watching this movie. I was like, holy shit, the scope of the humans and the ships and what you're seeing is just so huge and so vast. It's just insane. I loved how instead of making these ships uh intimidating and giant they're mundane and and you know overhanging and just leering over you kind of thing they're a tiny little speck in all of space and there's so many of them you're like oh fuck they're coming in force like it was another way to paint a domineering force arriving but you know what's funny is that they look so small but when they got closer they were fucking ginormous still it was a city it was a flying city and and there's multiple ones i think that was like you know of course which i'm sure you guys picked this up but the intention was you know to show how grand the universe actually is yeah yeah they give you they immerse you in in the the whole what is the word i'm looking for scope they give you a nice wide scope to see how everything is and I, I, you know, speaking of what you were saying too, especially against, you know, old school Star Wars, Star Trek, Deep Space Nine, Babylon 5, which I didn't watch any of those. But I think part of the reason why this is good is that it was made. This was the time period that this film should have been made. Yeah. It's now. It shouldn't yeah. have been. Oh, yeah. Then. You know, it just they didn't have the budget or the technology to do it. No. This is the time period. And also, too, they got lucky by having a director who's obsessed with Dune. And he's not obsessed with Dune. He is a fantastic filmmaker. So, like, you're not just getting someone who's really just a Dune Dune nerd. You're getting a Dune nerd that is a... puts on a master class in filmmaking by making this movie. Which I love Denis Villeneuve before Dune. Definitely. He was the only... Honestly, if anybody else directed Dune, I probably wouldn't have been as interested. And I'm glad he did because it drew me in and it's a great picture. So, um... To me, that plays a big part is just the, the the actual filmmaking itself, but then also to the writing was good mm-hmm. and the acting was mm-hmm. so on point. Yep. Like, but you get Denis Villeneuve. That's what he's like. If you watch his catalog, his acting, like he's a a, a master director because he doesn't have a film where the acting is bad. It doesn't exist. So, isn't that kind of like what? Catalog. Isn't that kind of like what? Um like what they did with with the more recent Star Wars shows and Dave Filoni. They brought in a diehard fan that also knew how to make movies, right? Yeah. And the result was you got a modern uh, show that still drew in the traditional fandom, but it brought in all of the normies. Did he do the, the Mandalorian? That- oh, uh, Mandalorian he worked on. He also worked on, um, gosh, there was a couple other things. Oh, Clone Wars. He's oh, yeah, the whole animated Wars. series, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you, I think that's a good way to go. If you get someone who really loves the content, but also is a great filmmaker, you mm-hmm. have a recipe for success. Because you could see that in this film. You know, yeah. even, I am not, a, like, I'm not a sci-fi guy. You guys love sci-fi. It's just not my thing. Um, I Until really, you met Dune. 
until, <laughs> no, it, it's still not my thing. I just like Dune, you know. Like, um, but uh, it, it, you know, I, I do like some. I don't want to say I don't like. There's some. There's sci-fi movies that I do like, but this is one that I've seen that I've not seen a film at this. Huh? What's the word I'm looking? I haven't seen a film of this capacity caliber in the sci-fi world to me i think this is i think this film to me has changed in my opinion interstellar has changed the game it's interstellar is so convoluted that it's almost impossible to watch Yeah. yeah where this film is has like some pretty interesting and intricate storylines but i understood what was going on you yeah know? so here's here's the cool thing that i thought was really awesome and it, it's all about the decisions of the filmmaker like we've talked about decisions of filmmakers like we talked about in the halloween episode with james wan you know with decisions that they make in production and here's something that i thought was really cool so because we know and and it, it might have been because of the time frame and it had to fit the book in one movie with the original dune which now we can tell, honestly, see that you just can't do that. I mean, the book oh, is no. so, there's you so watch much. You that first movie, you realize how much they are yeah, trying no. to cut and condense and yeah. fill it, like pack it in your head so that you get what's happening. Because there's so much internal monologue and all this other stuff, which a lot of the scenes, like, for example, there's a scene, okay, we're going to jump ahead. Uh, Atreides, the Atreides have landed on Arrakis and they're meeting with the Herald of the Change. The judge of the change, which is Dr. Liet Kynes, okay, which is the 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 the, the African American lady who was there. She's the ecologist, the imperial ecologist. So she's taking them out, but before she takes them out, she checks their suits. In the original movie, it was Max von Sydow, and he was doing the same thing. There's that there, there's a part where she checks Paul, and she says, "Oh, who taught you how to do your suit?" It's like, "Oh, it just felt right." And then she said under her breath in Fremen language. He should know. He shall know your ways as if they were his own. In the original movie, it was they paused, and then you had internal monologue, which I guess it was kind of the way things were done in the eighties and the seventies to kind of show someone's thinking. But there's so much internal monologue in the original mm-hmm. one that it just gets gets kind of, um, I guess, reductive. I guess is the word, or it's just. It just isn't, well, it pulls you out of the story. I yeah, thought. it doesn't. It doesn't really do it. Where in this movie, they only have one intro. They have a, a five five minute intro with Zendaya talking about Arrakis, which is still cool as fuck. But then after that point, that's it. It's just they're they're letting you follow through with the story and follow along with the story without having to have this stupid internal monologue. Yeah, like you said, it's decisions, dude, and that's what makes him. That puts him on another level. Yeah. Of you know filmmaking so i i don't know man I, I think they just they just got it right with the with the choices that they made with as far mm-hmm. as the director of this film and the people that they brought in you know? yeah i think oscar isaac was amazing dude yeah, i mean he's always yes good. he's, a he's good actor man. he's a great yeah. actor but he was awesome in this movie like he was for the little bit he was in it was like dude you are fucking amazing i'm man. like bro well that's that that's what happens when you get a miami boy in a movie he was easily my favorite character through a big chunk of it, and then I'm like, "Oh fuck, he's gonna die." <laughs> yeah, I said, I mean, spoiler alert. He's he's, yeah. he's he's from MIA, baby. That's what I'm talking about. MIA, yo. So, <laughs> um, yeah, he's uh, he's great in it. I I actually the the character that I appreciated the most or the one that I like was mostly interested Don't say in. It. 
I, I mean, I'm gonna say it. <laughs> no, it's probably. I don't know. I, I I'll be shocked if you you probably don't think you're probably not thinking the correct. Oh my person. god, spit it out. It's uh, what's her name? Rebecca, the mother. Rebecca Ferguson. Rebecca Ferguson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The mother. She, is that who you thought I was gonna say? She. Well, it was either her or Javier uh, Bardem. Bardem. Well, he. I was so interested in him too. Man, but, yeah. all th- these three people we're talking about: Oscar Isaac, yeah. Rebecca Ferguson, and Javier, Javier Bardem. Bardem. Dude, incredible. Incredible. And Bardem's in the movie for like maybe 14 seconds too. It feels yeah. like he's great. You know. Yeah. Do, do you know Zendaya is in the movie? I think she has like 12 or mi- five minutes, like 12, like like seven long. minutes of screen yeah. time. Yeah, it's like she has seven minutes of screen time in the entire. She's flight. come. Uh, you could tell that like this. They're setting you up, and you know that all those characters that we only saw for a few minutes. Yeah, we about to see them a lot of minutes. Yeah, yeah <laughs> for real. Like, yeah, no, 100, percent 100. Setting us up. Like no. if people are so upset, like there were people that were upset, like saying, like, "Oh my God, you have Zendaya," but you know, I'm like, dude, there's two parts. Relax, bro. Relax. She wasn't part of the. She wasn't part of the overall story until the end. That's the whole yeah. point. <laughs> yeah, there's something about that mother, man. That just I'm like, man, I wanna, I wanna know her story. I wanna know what's going on. Like she. I was more interested in her than almost anybody else in the, in the film. And she's I, I, outside of the room while he's oh enduring the test. Oh, my God. It's so good. Let's talk about that, dude. Let's talk about the test, bro. Yeah. Well, Let's first, talk about first the test. I want to mention that the, there's a video. Eric sent it to us. What is it? It's Vanity Fair did it, an interview. Yeah. Notes on the scene. Yeah. Yes. Oh, it's God. a great video, isn't? Isn't that awesome? I'm gonna yeah, put that. Incredible. I'm gonna. I'm gonna put that on the Instagram, guys. Don't worry yeah, about it's, it. Yeah, it's it's very very good breakdown of the scene of when what we're about to talk about right now, which is called the box, and you get to see it from the director's point of view. And I and I texted to them and I said, "This is this is what makes this guy a master." Is he broke down this scene and the scene's like all of three or four minutes long, and he was breaking it down in 15 minutes, and he probably could have broke it down over an hour. That's yeah. how yeah. much. I would have. I would have. Want to listen and I would watch the whole thing. A hundred percent. I cannot wait till this comes out on DVD because I will buy it to watch the special features. That's all I. I want to watch this guy make films. You want. You want. You want. You want to hear the commentary? Yes, dude. I love. I want. I want. You know, Criterion. If you're one of the listeners, if you are one of our 25 listeners on a regular (laughs) basis, uh, Criterion. I want you to make a Criterion collection of Dune like immediately. I don't want to wait 20 years down the line. You know. When you make a double album, a double disc of both movies, I want to. I want you to do one like tomorrow. I'm sure he's gonna get. I I think most. I he might even have films on Criterion, but his films are Criterion films, so I'm sure this one will end up. On. <laughs> I hope so. I just really hope so. Uh, anyhow, go ahead. Go talk about. So the- so like okay. So we have the scene. Okay, the scene is, um, Paul gets sent gets asked by his mother to wake up to meet with the the uh, uh, Benedict Gaius mother superior uh the head of the order played by charlotte the great charlotte rampling okay so if you guys don't know who she is look her up she's unbelievable she is literally like like uh film royalty okay it from on both sides of the atlantic england and in hollywood so um she so he goes to meet her and the coolest thing, one of the coolest things I saw when I was watching the movie was the sign language that she was that she was throwing down. Because before yeah. she goes to before yeah. he goes to meet her, he gets like examined by Doctor Yui, uh, played by Chang Chen, and 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 then you realize that Paul, yeah, he's not just a pretty face; he's a really smart fucking cat because he's speaking Mandarin also, so he speaks multiple languages. 
including this strange sign language. It's not even like a real sign language. It's like they're hand just gestures. moving their hands. It's not ASL, right? Yeah, it's, they're moving they've their got hand. gestures that they they don't have to. Yeah. Like like if you think about if you think about ASL, some of those gestures have to do with your hand against your body, against your face, against yeah. your arm movements. All of these things kind of uh, add context to, to what you're signing. Um, I only know this stuff because my sister majored in it, which is weird to major in, by the way, Jackie. Anyway. Um, but, Shout out to Jackie. What up? What up, Jackie? Oh, gosh. <laughs> She's never going to listen. Anyway, um, they, they, she does gestures quite literally from the wrist to the fingertip, right? And she, she could have her arm down by her side, behind her back, and be able to do gestures, and no one would know. And they do it. She does it a couple times and you notice it. There's subtitles immediately. So you know what she's saying to whomever who understands that. Mm-hmm. But it never, it, it just kind of fits in with how everybody seems to talk five or six different languages. All right, that's fine, whatever. And then there's moments where like, if she didn't know how to do that, the movie would have ended. That would have been it. The story would have been over, right? And that that was like, for example, whenever they hire the maid, Right. Yes. That guard would have jumped in, tried to attack the the maid who was mm-hmm. one of the gosh, I've already flanked on the She's a she's a Fremen. She's a Fremen. A Fremen. Sh- shout out to the Fremen. What up, Fremen? <laughs> Fremen, what up? <laughs> Guys are ridiculous. I mean, we have listeners and uh, Fremen listeners. So yes. We <laughs> yeah. You and no, your yes. beautiful bro. No, yeah, the, the 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 Fremen, yeah, yeah. And, and she does it again when they're on the ship, when they're being uh, kidnapped by the Harkonnens. She does it. I mean, whenever they're uh, they're in that stone alley, whatever, and they're about to be jumped by the Fremen, they notice and the sun yes. starts signing. Right? These little things, like you like at the beginning, you're like, well, they just they're just signing. It doesn't really make any sense. I don't know why it's doing. They probably could have cut that from the story, but no, no, it's an, it's an integral part of how the story is being told. And you're like, wow great touch it, it, it almost seems like the type of sign language you would have if you were part of like like a like a seal team or like you know mm, one yeah. of those things like, yeah they were like wiggling their fingers and saying complete sentences it was pretty interesting you know yeah which was crazy but it didn't it didn't look like cheap it didn't like yeah, it, was, it, didn't it looked look like forceful a, yeah. and it impactful like was, yeah 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 so it was cool so she does that so that so that they understand what's happening and then she takes her. He, she takes him to the um, to the meeting place, and which was cool. When, and it's great that he brought that up because he mentioned the whole thing about AI in the video, and um, and he she takes her takes him to a, a a library where he sees the Bene Gesserit mother sitting in a chair, and it's so cool that he mentioned the lines because he mentioned the lines. They made her look like a chess piece, which is true. He makes her look like a queen. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. and she's so like her figure cuts so stark in the video like you're just like whoa this lady's intense well you know something's up whenever they all arrive and it's all of these you can't tell that they're women but there's these figures that are in these robes and they've got this headdress on and it's Mm -hmm. storming and they're in wet like fabric that's flapping against them and you're like wow that doesn't make sense like why would you wear that outfit that's not rain wear like what's going on and yeah because these people are badasses yeah and the thing is is that she walks they walk in and she stays sitting down like i don't have to stand for you fucking people not for nobody not yeah, for nobody are, to break that down a little further so like these yeah. like uh timote his character is uh, <laughs> he's like royal- yeah 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 it's like a uh is like royalty so like he is royalty, high ranked yeah. so 
um when people respect him they like revere the family they walk and they gets, stand in this yep. way bow yep and they get he gets forced into this room with his mother and the mother superior woman um to test him and he's pissed off because he what she's doing seems super disrespectful to him and his family yeah because she doesn't rise when he comes in the room she stays seated and she also does something which we haven't talked about yet she uses the voice yes yeah and she yeah. and she she totally dismisses his mom like out yeah. of him, like get the fuck out kind yeah, of thing he told yeah he told his mom like when she when they came in the room and she, she this woman said told his mom get out this is between me and him and she's like oh do what she do what she says do what she says some and she leaves <laughs> And he is pissed off. Like, you don't disrespect my mother in my house. He said something along the lines of, like, like you yeah. don't dismiss my mother in her home. Yeah. And then she says, come here and kneel. Come and kneel to me. And she uses what's called the voice on him. And what the voice is, is almost like a a Star Wars, the Force-esque, like, power yeah. that they can use that certain people have that obviously everyone doesn't have that certain people have that you can make people do things just by saying it. Yes. So when she said, come here and kneel, she used the voice on Paul and he literally, which was so well done in the movie. It was. He just gets sucked over and ends up on his knees. And when he stops and it's like, he's like, whoa, like I didn't do that on my own. This is crazy. I can't believe this. Like what's happening. Um, and she's got complete control over Paul just by her voice, which is just so badass in itself. Yeah. I just think it's a cool thing. Yeah. So they, they mention uh, the, the director in that Vanity Fair thing. How, how do I want to portray when someone's having the voice used on them? Yeah. And and what his his direction choice was, I'm going to cut it out. I'm going to act like you've forgotten that time. It's going to jump and you'll see somebody go start from one side of the room and instantly be on the other side of the room because they don't remember moving. Yeah. He, says like, to. he says like a narcoleptic coma. Yep. Which is a genius move. Brilliant. Brilliant. That could be so cheap. Using the voice could be done so, in such a yes. cheap, stupid way. Yes. And it was just done so well because it hits you like a ton of bricks too when you're watching it. There's just this like very brief black moment of screen, and then he's on his knees in front of her. Yeah, and it's like, what happened to that time? I don't know because we're in Paul's perspective right now. Yeah, he yeah. just got sucked over by the voice. Yeah, know? exactly. Voice, man, the way they EQ'd the voice, like it just sounds so commanding yep. And, yep. and domineering in the yeah. room. Like, it's, man, it's, it sounded okay. So it's funny. Like it, to me, it sounded like it sounded like it's super guttural. Like it was just like this, like otherworldly. I mean, I, lack of a better word, like demonic kind of sure. inside voice that just that you don't hear that is like something that's super primal yeah. like a very primal yeah. voice and that, feels malevolent it, too. Does. it doesn't feel like it feels like the, it's it's crushing too and this all by the way guys we're described this is why i want to talk two and about a half why seconds. This, is, this is a master filmmaking thing yes. technique here because we're talking about not even that moment was maybe one and a half seconds maybe and we all had a pretty crazy reaction to yeah, it, you know, dude. Just from that one and a half seconds. Second. Because if every you think about it, use the voice every time it sounds like that. Yes, yeah. yes, and, yes. And and the funny thing is, is that it, when they use the voice, you think you know just because of the way it works, but it's like they tap into something in their mind and they use the voice because of it is a specific frequency. Because uh, um, Jessica says the frequency to Paul, you got to hit the right frequency. 
And and um, when they tap into the voice, it's not like as if they're forcing something out. It's very calm on their end to just say the words in the voice. They're not pushing something. It's like, like I said, like it's just something that's within their brains that they're connecting to and just allowing their voices to just release. And so it's easy to see. It's a small jump to understand where the whole concept of like the force yeah. could have been drawn from. Right. Yeah, that's obvious. And that just, I honestly, it's just making me not like Star Wars. <laughs> it, it is like, you know, what? Like, as you turn your nose story, up because I like the original more. Dude, wait. <laughs> You like the original Dune more? I'm, no, I'm talking about you. You're turning your nose up because oh. I read the. I like the original. The original was better. Oh well, maybe <laughs> I might be doing that. But like now that I know that the force came from but, the voice, I like mean, it's could, like come on. We could know? also we could also say that you know like there's this movie, which is something that they, but it's a lot of movies have the whole like we could go super deep and say, but this movie's like every other fucking sci-fi movie that has you know the Christ figure. And all this stuff. Sure. The savior. And all that. The savior. And it's a, you know, we could go like really in depth and say, oh. The, one to, the one to bring peace to all and blah, yes. blah, blah. That's every, yeah. But that's one of the classic exactly. like narrative storylines is the hero's journey. And that's yes. every like sci-fi or even fantasy or adventure film. It's true. So, I mean, I, I get, I, I see what, and you're right. Toma, everything Tomas is saying is exactly right. But this one just mm. hits harder. That's mm. all I'm saying. It hits really no, hard. No, and it works. And the great thing. just did it right. And the cool yes, thing is, is yeah. that, and the cool thing is, that, so, so here's something we can talk about also is the screenplay. Let's talk about the screenplay. The screenplay was not something. Is that a new one? Yep. Okay, let's talk about the new it's one, Derek. Yeah, I want to yeah. hear oh, the new the, one, the Derek. New Way to interrupt this, but I'm so yes. interested in what yes. you're drinking. Yes. I, I held it away from the mic. Anyway, I heard it. No, you can't no, hear no, it. No, we, we want it. This is a drinking show. Yeah. So. I had no uh, confidence that I was going to enjoy the lawnmower, but I did finish it. Good job. Um, and so the second one is usually a softball. I think I'm going to really like this. This one is called Golden Road Brewing Mango Cart. It's a wheat ale. Okay. I love mango wheats, dude. I'm, I, I don't think I've ever had one I didn't like. You're going to enjoy that. Hot damn, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Every mango <laughs> wheat that I've ever had is good. Yeah. Send me pictures, bro, of what you're drinking. So I make sure I, I throw it on the Instagram, bro. You know, if you, uh, Thomas, uh, fuck off. Oh, yeah. You know what? <laughs> You know what, Derek? Don't be. Don't, you know what, Derek? Don't be such a bitch. Oh God! All right, back so, to the story. Real quick, Derek. Real quick. So that mango wheat. If you like that, uh, Blue Moon makes one that's unbelievable too. That's the best one I've ever had. But I've had every mango wheat beer that I've had was has been good. You know, I legit did not know that Blue Moon was a brewery. Until just now, I thought that it was a specific, like, this is a lawnmower from St. Arnold. I thought that it yeah. was Blue Moon from someone. Oh, no. It's, it's Blue Moon is the actual brewing company. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. Not a drinking say, show, Eric? apparently a drinking show. <laughs> what were you going to say, Eric? What'd you say? What were you going to say, uh, dude? Oh, that was it? No, no. I was oh. just, just talking about the Blue Moon. But, I mean, I mean, I mean, yeah, like you said, you can do that with everything. But, like, what I was saying about the script. Okay, let's talk about the script here. The cool thing was is that you with this script, you could really, like, super make it super highbrow and very, like, almost too, like, smarty pants almost to a certain degree because of the – because of the, the – the, 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 where you're getting it from. 
the uh, God, what's what's what I'm looking for? There's like the source phrase. material. There we go, source material, because of the source material. But I like how they made it very, you know, um, approachable. The way they talked, the way they spoke, Agreed. they looked, they, they were all royalty, but they spoke like normal people. Like case in point, the whole conversation he has with Duncan, with Jason Momoa, another great acting choice. He was great. I think he was awesome. He did yeah, a great job. He was job. such a badass character too. He was a, and it's funny because I watched this movie and I'm, and I watched, I like, I watched the original dude to see the differences. And it makes me so sad because the guy they got for the first one, he was an older guy. And you could almost tell that they had that kind of relationship, but it wasn't fleshed out enough. And and it's really sad because, you know, you really have a real big brother, little brother relationship rather than just servant and lord. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah but didn't that flip on its head as soon as the dad passed? Oh, yeah, yeah. Bro. Dude, he bro. went from best friends to I will serve you until I die. And it, yeah. don't get me wrong, you didn't, you didn't think that he wasn't like an absolute, absolute uh, on your side guy the whole time, but yeah. he was buddy buddy. Now you are the king. But that's, but that's how I, that's how I am with my brother. Like yeah, I, I will follow my brother to the depths of hell. Yeah, that's that's what I grabbed out of that. And like I think it was important the sequences that they had that were like real super like, especially that older brother younger brother point when he was like, hey, I. I want to go to Iraq. He's like, he's like yeah, no. no. <laughs> like, no you're you're, right. I know you like are above me, but no. No, I'm not, I'm not, not, I'm not doing that, bro. I'm not doing yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice but, try. You know, and, 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 and so and like, even, like, go ahead, go ahead. Listen, even like the joking banter that they had where he goes like, when he said, hey, it looks like you, oh, you, you've got, your muscles have grown. And he's like, they have? And he goes, really? no. no. <laughs> <laughs> no. It was great. It was just great. You know, it was awesome because it's just, it just goes to show you that even though, yeah, he is his lord, and of course, Duncan knows that he is not at the same level, you know, socially and in front of, you know, in any aspect in the of the hierarchy. In yes. the hierarchy, but he knows that he has the respect enough of Paul to know that, hey, look, listen, you need to do what I say as well because yeah. I have years ahead of you, I have experience. I understand. And this is all coming through through acting choices and the way they're talking and everything like that. It's it's a really cool experience just to watch how they handle all that. And and I just realized one thing. One of the screenwriters for the movie is the guy who wrote Forrest Gump, which is really cool because that I can see oh, the dynamic okay. on some of the, the language, the way they were talking because he was he won an Academy Award for Forrest Gump. But either way, so um, there's that part. But there's also the, the um, James Brolin's acting choices which was really cool so let's talk about james brolin for a second i was talking to my brother because he saw it um before i was able to see it wait wait the guy who was like the military dude yeah gurney hallett yes how do you not know who josh brolin is god yes josh brolin he played gurney hallett now gurney hallett fuck off josh (laughs) brolin so he I mean he, you knew who he was talking about, okay, Derek. You knew I know you knew. I know you knew. Why you got wait, don't interrupt me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> don't interrupt us while we're speaking, Derek. Okay? <laughs> Never don't let it happen again. The, the adults are talking, bro. So <laughs> I'm just gonna glue the mute button down. <laughs> <laughs> he so, muted himself. He did, he did. <laughs> So, so here's the thing. No, no, no. What, what I'm saying is that, like, so 
Gertie Halleck in the books is kind of like this romantic hero. He makes music and he plays a guitar and it's all the stuff that was kind of portrayed by Patrick Stewart, who kind of asked, you know, worked on that thing in the 84 in the 84 in the, in the David Lynch version where he was more of a romantic hero. He did all this. He was more of a, of a, I guess you could call him more like, I don't want to say sissified, but more, more, I don't know, light foot kind of hero. Where in this movie, I was talking to my brother and I asked him, I go, let me ask you a question. The way he seems like he portrays is that he looks like a coiled viper ready to strike at any moment. <laughs> like, like it's somebody you don't want to fuck with at all. At all. And, and Yeah, and you see that in the film. You too. see that in the film. Yeah. He still shows the whole like educated because Paul tells him when they have the little practice on Caladan, oh, let's practice, you know, your fighting. And he's like, sing us a song, Gurney. And then there's, of course, when they're on Arrakis, he's reading a book and he spouts some poetry. So he is kind of like this romantic kind of person. But on the other side of it, he's a fucking badass. He's a killer. And will slit your throat in a fucking second. No question. Well, they did a better job in this movie of portraying him as a very well-rounded, educated brawler, Mm -hmm. right? Like, I, I, yeah, I could kill you, but I could also educate you. Yes. And because with Patrick Stewart, he looks like a Shakespearean actor. James Brolin does not scream Shakespeare to me (laughs) at all. I think, and, and I think that's probably the on purpose. Yeah, yeah, and I think that that was what I'd say that that's what makes his character special is that you, I think that you you realize that there's some depth to this brawler as you yeah. go on, but also too there was I I will tell you what I felt and and I could be dead wrong or I could not, but there was a and again I don't know anything that the continuation from Dune from here I don't okay I don't remember I saw original Dune when I was like ten I haven't watched it since and I purposely did not watch it again because I didn't want it to ruin my experience with Denis Villeneuve. It honestly <laughs> so, doesn't. It doesn't. Okay. It well, I'll, I'll probably go back and watch yeah, just, it soon. It's on it. HBO Max if you want to watch it. Okay, it's on there. Don't you come back and shit on the original Dune. It's not as good, but it's still a good movie. It's no, okay. I'm, I'm it's probably okay. going to shit on it, Derek. Yeah, so, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, David Lynch was, yeah. but David Lynch was up against it with that movie. I'll yeah, give yeah. him that. Yeah, But um, I did get this vibe from James Brolin's character that I'm like, is he fully good? <laughs> like that's what I like. I got this weird like, is he is is there something about him that's bad? You know, did you? Am I stupid in feeling that way? Or I can see that. I think I don't know this because I don't know the backstory of the character. But yes, he kind of seems almost like a mercenary to a certain degree. Yeah, like if he were to be paid more, he probably could have done more. Could have done something to them. I think, but I, I think to a certain degree, he probably has some alliances. Maybe God knows how long he's been with the Atreides. You know, who knows if he's been with them since he was a kid? Who knows if yeah. his dad was like, you know, Leto's father's bodyguard? Mm. Because we know from looking at this movie that <laughs> Leto goes nowhere without Gurney. Yeah, Gurney yeah. is there all the time. And he's ready to go. And he's ready to go at all times. He ain't sleeping. Like when Stilgar showed up for 
Case in point, when he meets Stilgar and Stilgar pulls out his Chris knife, or when he spits, when he spits, yeah, he spit. Yeah, all yeah. of a sudden, like Gertie was ready to fight. He was Gertie. about to slit his throat in a heartbeat. Which also case in point, Stilgar was a badass. He didn't flinch. No, which is awesome. Yeah, yes. like Stilgar just looked at him like, bruh. Like, <laughs> like, what like, the fuck is your I problem? I see what you bro? did, and like, I don't care that you I exist. I do not care he, that you you are drawn your weapon towards me. It and, does not bother. And me who's to say that Stilgar under that cape already had something pointed at him at the same he's time? He's probably packing so much bladed. It's, heat. it's funny because he's like <laughs> Stilgar was. He portrayed absolutely that I have zero fear of death, so you have nothing over me. Mm-hmm. Like in a split second, that's what you needed to know about that character, right? And you think that He's- the spitting thing is is offensive until you know Duncan steps up and oh, let me translate this for you real quick. You know, thank you for sharing your water with us. <laughs> like it's just like wild. We didn't even talk about He's the freaking his box. moisture. Yeah. Okay. So oh, yeah, we didn't go so, to the box. Let's go back to the box. One of our patented motor boys. Attended. Yeah, the box so, is so go good. To... I can't skip it. Okay. Okay. So we go back to the Ben Jesuit meeting. They make um, him sit down. With, make him. They kneel. make him sit down. Make him kneel, and she tells him to put his hand in the box. Now, the minute he does that, she puts a pin next to his neck called a gum jabar, which is a poison needle, and she says it's to test. If he's a human. Now, here's something that I thought was crazy. So the reason why they're saying that, and there is a reason, and it comes up in the books. The Bene Gesserit, okay, they test men and women, but I think primarily men, in the houses to test if they're human. Now, they mean not so much that they're not human because they're all human. We all know they're human. But they're testing. Yeah, we're not their... thinking that they're an alien. No. It's whether or not they have an animal instinct. Exactly. Because you have the Trades who have a certain level of humanity to them. But then you have the Harkonnen who are literally and probably figuratively and literally, they are animals. Yeah, they they're they like they're they're unruly. They they're follow wallers. their basic in their basest instincts yeah. to do what they need to be done. So that's why she was checking to see. She kept saying, if you're an animal or if you're yeah. a human. And she even says it when she leaves. She says, take care, young human, kind of thing like that. So, But when she does the box, nothing's in the box. You can't even see what's in the box. It's just don't a shadow. Show it to you. All you see is the box and his hand disappearing into it. Exactly, which is great. And there's like, no blood. Ooh, it's so good. It's Eric so Cockrell. good. No, yeah, no, I I agree. I think it's in I, with me not knowing any anything of new, Dune of what my except this experience, uh, you know, sticking his hand in that box, seeing nothing except understanding that when he puts his hand in that box, he's about to experience, and he is experience like visceral pain, like like pain to a level that we probably don't understand and he has to keep his hand in that box and not pull it out that's what the test is and if he pulls his hand out of that box then he's going to get stuck with that pin yeah which will kill him instantly yeah so he has to keep his hand in that box and focus on fighting through the pain Mm -hmm. and i think she says too before like while his hand's in the box or before he sticks it in that animals will actually 
bite their own limbs off to free themselves from yes. being, you know, bound, Trap. trapped. Yes. So she's really testing like his will. That's what this mm-hmm. is. It's a test of will to see how much he can take. And the dude does it. You know, he does it. And you can tell, like, it, it's it's a good acting job on 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 Timote. <laughs> so like <laughs> does a great job of really portraying because I felt like it hurt. Like the way that he and you're just watching him thrive through the pain. And he even makes a, a grunt at one time and mm-hmm. she tells him to shut up pretty much. Yes. Like like yes. do not make any like take this pain like a man pretty much. Like mm-hmm. you know, and he does it and it's very difficult and you feel it, but then you see him focus where it's like Oh, it's like I have that pain here, but I'm focused on this, so it's it's not even bothering me anymore. Right. So it was it was just well. It's a really that's a, one of the greatest cinema cinema scenes I've seen in a long time. That scene in that sequence is amazing. The, the, well, they teed up. They teed up the right way too. Yeah. It's it's it. That the the thing was is that there could a lot of been stuff that could have gone wrong with that scene because he's really putting a lot on top of Timothy Chalamet's shoulders. Because for sure, for he sure. he does such a good job. I, I'm look, I think he's a great actor. You know, he's he's not just a pretty face, but he I think he's really good in that movie because the minute he starts feeling pain, you can see it in his face. Like, and it's apparent that it is absolute fucking pain. Like, it's not like a pricking. Like, it's like I feel like someone is cutting my fucking fingers off and i can't stop it i can't pull my hand out i can't do anything i have to let them do whatever they need to do and you can see because he starts drooling in the scene he's crying and he's drooling but in his breath he's actually saying what lady jessica's saying outside which is the the the, I, the so good fear is the mind killer monologue where yep. if you haven't heard it, i'm gonna go ahead and say it i must not fear Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. I will permit it to pass over me and through me. And when it has gone, when it has gone past, I will turn the inner eye to see its path. Where the fear has gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain. So that allowed him to focus because he was saying it under his breath. Mm-hmm. Okay. That allowed him to focus. And the minute he finished saying it, you could see a total shift in his eyes mm-hmm. right at her. And if you looked, which was awesome on Charlotte Rampling's part, the minute he looked at her, you could see her almost kind of back away if you mm-hmm. noticed it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She realized like, that she was up against she's like, a this force is real. more than she believed. Yeah, this dude's for real. Like <laughs> she real like you could see like she shifted. And then she kind of you could see her recovering herself, which is great. But you could see for a split moment, like she was like, Oh fuck, this is intense. I was not expecting this kind of power. Yep. And I also really liked with that scene too. That and that's this is what this was the scene that really cemented why i cared about the character why the mother i cared about the mother so much and then when listening to denis villeneuve's breakdown i was like this is why what he's saying is like what i felt you know yeah like looking at this woman outside of this room that she knew that she just gave her son up who whom she loves dearly to take this test which could kill him and she willingly did it because she felt like she had to because she knew she had to and she's outside almost and that's where you see like there's a there's a there's a deep connection between the two 
feeling tremendous pain because she's putting her son through something that she would never want to subject her family members exactly, to. Exactly. This type of pain. And I was so like taken back by that performance and mm-hmm. seeing this woman outside of the door by herself going through this experience with her son even though she's not actually feeling the pain there's tremendous pain there because she's like i've kind of betrayed my son by putting him in a situation where he's gonna have to deal with something but she's also setting him up for something way bigger than just this so yeah uh great man what a good scene it's just a great i mean scene. it's a great scene and then and then when he pulls his hand out he's just like what the fuck i loved i loved that the box was an open hole yeah it wasn't he wasn't like handcuffed into it yeah right there wasn't anything holding like physically holding him there it he was had to keep sheer his hand there. willpower yeah and man i mean it was just oof. it was just it was just such a you know which is you know, perfect because of the whole aspect of there's no technology. It's all like analog where it's just, it's a mundane box, but that it's kind of like a very, it's kind of, I guess you could say kind of a scary kind of thing where you don't know what's in the box. What's in the box. Yeah. There you every go. Time, every time, when, when Paul said that, that's all I could think of. What's in the box. All I could think about was what's in the I mean, box. Anytime, anytime I hear Box or I think anyone. I think anyone who's seen that movie. What's in the box? Think that. What's in the box? In the box? <laughs> you told me she's all right. <laughs> oh fuck, man! I shot Marvin in the face. All right, so but um, but but when he when he sticks his hand in the box, it's like you're right. Like there's nothing stopping him taking out the box. He just has to do it because otherwise she's gonna hit him with that needle. And the whole point of that needle is that like. It doesn't have to be. I don't have to stick it straight into your neck. I just gotta prick you with it. Yeah, and and man, uh, okay. I already really enjoyed that scene, and then watching the breakdown, it made me appreciate it that much more. And when I watched the movie the second time, dude. Yeah, bro. Oh it's, gosh, dude. There's so it's much hard, in the second in, in the second viewing, dude. I saw this movie three times already. In the second viewing, I was like, this movie is fucking amazing. And for it to be a two and a half hour movie, it's unbelievably amazing. I've they covered so much. I've watched it through more times than I'd like to admit, guys. I've been watching it every <laughs> night. But like it's so good, dude. Yeah. It well, is. It's it's funny because you um the, the amount of uh detail they give you helps you understand the world that you're being immersed in into within immersed within mm-hmm. i don't know immersed whatever um just immersed in but uh there's a lot of stuff they kind of leave it out because it's not really like we don't really need to understand the Bene Gesserit too much right we got we enough just, information to know we know exactly what the problem is we, right we, we have enough information to know that they are they're not to be trifled with because they yeah. set the, they, they they make moves politically in in the shadows well, and it's the same thing, right? We didn't see a ton of the Harkonnens. We got enough for us to realize that these guys are assholes, right? We we didn't see what was in the box. We didn't, I mean, he even pulls his hand out and he looks at his hand and it's barely red, right? Like, so it must have been some kind of weird pain that he was feeling, but we didn't see inside the box. They didn't talk about the box. They didn't explain how it worked. We don't need to know, right? There's enough mystery there that it still paints a very clear understanding of what I needed to know and what I could kind of just 
wonder about and maybe go read the book i suppose which is which is funny because you're talking about in, in the box in the in the in the david lynch version they actually mention what they're doing in the box they said nerve induction you don't have to say it the whole point of this is that these people have powers we already know mm-hmm. they have powers by listening to the the voice there's something there and we already know we're 10,000 years into the future we know what's happening Oh yeah, okay. we skipped that part. Ten thousand yeah. years in the future is where yeah. This start. is this is like in ten thousand one ninety one. So so we're already way into the future. Like you know, we know a lot about the human psyche and the body. So something's we we have to have unlocked something. So there's no need for you to say, oh, it's nerve induction. Yeah, there's no need. It's it didn't it didn't push the story forward. It nothing didn't at all. Make the viewer care more or less. And this all goes back to those those direction choices, right? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And you guys were talking about last week. Uh, uh, well, on it was I think it was a Halloween episode. We were talking about all the all of the nuanced choices that some directors make that are intentional. Um, and you you may never notice them, but when you notice them, you're like, oh shit, that was that was a good idea. This whole movie does that. The whole movie is that. Yep. Yep. Mm. Yep. I mean, they, 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 they have, um, so like the martial arts in the movie that they do, the fighting style mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is the one they use for like Jason Bourne, that, um, that Filipino martial art. Uh, oh, uh, Muay Thai. No, it's not. No, that's, that's, that's Thai. Is that Thai? That's Thai. Um, that's Thai. They, I'll tell you what Rob it is. Maga is like from Middle East, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, no. Yeah. It's, um, they, they, it's, um, hold on. I'll find out for it. But yeah, it's the, it's the type of uh, martial art that they use in, um, in, it's, uh, uh, what's it called? Um, you said it was the Jason Bourne movie they used it in? Yeah. They use the Jason Bourne movies. It's, it's like they use, it's really prevalent with like knife fighting and shit like that. Oh, so like, yeah, that makes so sense. Like it's, they fight it's with very, these like half late swords. It's very close combat. It's very close combat. So like that's that's why you see Jason Bourne in the movies, he's like it's like super close combat, the, the fighting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that's the type of style it is. I forgot what it's called, but I'll find it. But yeah, but that's that's what they used for like the Atreides fighting style is that is that aspect of it. Well, and I love how there's the and and the original movie had this sequence as well, if I remember correctly, where you know they spar, right? When Josh Brolin spars with uh, Timothy Chalamet, right? And it explains, you know, we've got shields, force fields, type of thing, but they're not foolproof. They have their flaw, and if you know how to exploit it, then you know how to, you know, kill your enemy. And that plays into again, spoiler alert, how Jason Momoa's character dies. Right. Like mm-hmm. we understood why the, the force field failed there. Um, we understood because, you know, the little dart thing that killed the Duke. They don't really explain why that thing is able to drill its way through a, a force field or whatever. We just know that it's it's able to do it and it's it's lethal and it's bad and they're not good. Right. But the the blade moving slowly into killing your victim, man, that was a really nice touch for i assume that was in the book right they had to have had that source well, no, yeah it was it was it, that's the that little thing was the same thing that i tried to attack uh um paul it's called the seeker they call them seekers oh it was the same thing that same paul thing. caught in the door okay same thing it was the same thing that paul caught in the door so it's a seeker and you know in that version in that part you know it was yui that shot the seeker 
in um in in the original one as well. It was Yui that shot the seeker. So that's what it wait, is. Wait, no, no. The first one that Paul caught? No, 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 no. Saying in the first, first movie, movie, it's a it's the seeker from Yui on on Leto. But Isn't yeah, it so Yue? Ua, Doctor Ue, Ua, Harkonnen, Harkonnen. Yeah. Well, okay, so so I just read um, something. So like the Atreides fighting style is based on Filipino martial arts. So there's three different styles. I'm not going to go into it, but there's there's based on the Filipino style of martial arts. House Harkonnen is based on ancient Mongolian because it's supposed to be barbaric, and the Sardaukar are inspired by samurai. Yeah, I and, can see that and Viking. Styles. I don't know if I. Well, I don't but know. They, I guess I didn't see that. There, that's how, that's that's what the fight coordinator did. He tried to combine different things. That so, doesn't yeah. make sense. Yeah, so it's just it's just weird. It's just kind of cool what they do. It's just, I, dude, I love all those things where they just kind of meld kind of shit and depending on where you're at. Because if I like the aspect of and and you got the feeling from the Harkonnen in, in regards to that they're a bunch of crazy sons of bitches because of even just by looking at where they live, Giddy prime, it's so industrial and unforgiving and just like so dark. And, and it's not, it, it's desolate in its own way because it's just technology. It just, it's like a blend between the Borg and the Klingon. Yeah, dude, for real. And Nerd Eric. alert. <laughs> Eric has not no... correcting you, bud. Not correcting you. <laughs> no, that's deep. Good. That's deep cut, bro. Deep cut. Oh god damn it. Anyway. <laughs> no, um, but then like the Atreides the Atreides um house is like there's like Eastern and Asian calming influences. It's very it's like one with nature kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like like they, they weren't they, they didn't try to be, you know, like to destroy the natural looks habitat. Exactly. So it's right. just it's just funny how you have different, which is the whole point of the, the set directors and the what they feed off of whatever the director decides as far as. Well, yeah, because if you if you think about it and I, I don't know that the Harkonnens or for that matter, the Atreides were, were technically human. I, I would believe it if you told me the, Atre, the Atreides family was. But um, these are different planets, different cultures. Right. So it makes sense that they have different styles and fight fighting styles and combat techniques and, and weapons and all of that stuff. Um, I wanted to bring up the scene where they go out to look at the spice harvesting with the, but first off, should we bring up the dragonfly copters? Cause that was kind of a cool idea. Oh, the, oh what's it called? Um, they're called, um, onithopters, the thopters, yeah. onithopters. Yes. Go ahead. Uh, so first time that I've ever seen something that wasn't a jet or a propeller or a helicopter that I was like, oh yeah, that's kind of cool. Why not? I mean. Like I, it, it, it was, uh, I feel like handful of times whenever they try to invent a new vehicle, but compensate for physics and, you know, motion and make it realistic, it comes off kind of gimmicky. And this didn't to me. Am I off base? Did you guys feel the same way? No, I, I thought it was cool. Like I, I didn't think yeah. it was gimmicky. I thought I was like, oh, that's a different type of vehicle I've never seen that I thought was interesting, you know? Um, I like it works it. in nature, right? Yeah, I thought it was cool. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, so it's. Just, they're, they're, and, and, I mean, and, and if you saw like, like in everything aspect, there's no digital. Nothing's digital there. Well, which is, which is interesting, and also too. Oh, like, you're talking about like in the world? No, yeah, it was all CG, dude. It was all CG. No, yeah, <laughs> no, 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 no. like in the world, like, <laughs> like the technology. 
Would you say the only thing like really that came across as digital is that little device that that Paul had that taught him about the had the little projector on it that taught mm. him about the other, but that was it. Otherwise, there's really nothing. It, it seemed like it was like, which is really awesome when you think about it because it was like, wow, this is super futuristic, but it's also kind of primitive. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. you know, at the yeah. same time, you know, and so. and and who's to say that you know. Yeah, and I don't think – and if you noticed, there was nothing on that little machine that he had that was like a projector. There was nothing in that projector that made you think that that's something you, – you load something to it. They could, that little projector could be all about whatever he's re- listening to. He yeah. probably yeah, has, it wasn't like it was internet connected and needed yeah, a charging yeah. port or any or, of that. Or, or it had a disk that he put in. I don't think that was the case. I think whatever's on there is whatever he's learning about at that moment. Sure. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like he probably has multiple things of that. I agree. I agree. I thought. I thought that just the ornithopters and all the technology definitely fit into this uh, immersive story that they were telling here. Um, but what I was getting to is the um, you know they went to go uh, observe the spice mining and that that tanker or oil well or whatever you want to call it, and you know you see what goes wrong and and he again the duke I mean he. Uh, demonstrates that he's a good guy, right? I don't care about all the spice. I don't care. I mean, it would, I mean, if he was intelligent, he probably knew that it was gossed anyway, but I'm going to save the people. I'm going to get the 21 men off because realistically, I need those 21 men to run this next one that I'm going to build for them and send them right back out there. And these folks apparently know what they're doing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I thought that, uh, I thought that it, they went out of their way to, demonstrate that he's not a total uh what's the word a domineering Mm -hmm. dictator stepping into arrakis right Mm -hmm. um but uh i did have a question um what what was your interpretation I'll, i'll start with eric here what was your interpretation whenever paul I assume what happened is he stepped out and the spice, he inhaled some of the spice and it had its effect on him. And, and he kind of goes into this trance meditation type thing and they don't really, I don't understand the point of why that sequence occurred with his trance specifically. Mm -hmm. Did I miss something? I watched the movie only twice, but I don't know if I missed something. Did you pick up on anything there? Well, I mean, I could, tell you what my interpretation of it and i've i've seen that scene at this point four or five times but mm-hmm. I, I, only yeah which is which is ridiculous. probably like 10 <laughs> <laughs> anyway um i i think that my interpretation of the scene was a couple things one it did move the storyline uh it it helped you see a little bit more of what was going on with his um with his like uh, his visions that he sees in his dreams, because he sees it. This is the first time where you're going to see him see those visions while he's awake. Uh, number one and number two, I think the idea of it was to show. This is my interpretation: is that this guy is obviously important, and he's got powers, and he's got abilities that we need in in this hero. But he's also human, so there's he's also not perfect which shows that this guy is not going you know he's gonna face adversity he's not all powerful um like he's not just gonna step in and be overpowered nope it shows that he can he can he can be 
overpowered himself, you know, and, and, and he's afraid of his powers. Yeah, so that that is that is well. I'm sure he's as he's learning more about them, he's freaked out. But I think that was the idea of like that spice scene and him getting going through that, you know, what looked like a some sort of acid trip off of the uh, off yeah. of the spice. But again, so a little bit of showing you showing you that like okay, he's having these visions and these visions are legit because he's now having them while he's awake, not just when he's asleep, and then also to hey, he's not perfect. He's got sure. flaws, you know? So there's things that uh, can, you know, he's not going to be able to just waltz through the, whatever situation's coming at him with ease. Tomas, Tomas, what do you, what do you think? What do you think that, what did that, that sequence portray to you? Cause I, I was watching it and I just, I didn't, I didn't grasp. I mean, I, I, I saw what was happening. I understood, I guess what was happening, but it didn't have any kind of impact to me on the rest of the story or the character. It didn't give me any understanding for the character. I, I felt I, I get what Eric's saying. I probably missed that. I maybe I need to watch it again, but what did it, what did you pick up when you were watching it? Well, it's just mainly cause you're not really good at watching. Movies. Sure, yeah, you're not. Right. I mean, uh, I mean, I mean, I mean case in point, case in point, collateral beauty, but yeah, yeah. amen. Stand by it. <laughs> so just right, like so my four scene... and a half from uh, conjuring. <laughs> I yeah. add another four to that. So, thank you. Yeah, it's an eight and a half. We all know that. <laughs> so, so okay. So the scene with the spice mine and with the Doctor Kinds, I think it was for me. It showed um, a level of humanity in regards to the Atreides that that wasn't you could see on the face of Doctor Kinds wasn't something that was portrayed by the Harkonnen. The Harkonnen were about getting the spice mining done. They don't give a shit how they do it. If the spice if the spice uh, mining uh, vessel, whatever the hell they call it, gets eaten up by a sandworm, which we haven't talked about the sandworms yet, oh, but we'll get to that. that yeah. we got to talk about that. But if it gets attacked by sandworms or Fremen, for them, it's like, who the fuck cares? We need to get that spice. Whatever's left, send another spice crawler out there. Yeah, don't get slow down. Sh- send another one. Send another one. Load it up with people because we don't give a fuck. You know, whereas... It showed a level of humanity on the Atreides side that, hey, I care more about the people than I do mm-hmm. the spice. I understand the spice is important. I get that. It's important to me. It's important to the universe. It's important to everyone involved. But if people start dying, I'm going to lose the people who know how to do it. Right. So I need to make sure I take care of the people who are intelligent enough who know how to handle the business. It's all about delegating responsibility that people who are in charge need to be sure they put people in place to be able to handle the business and that I can trust. So he doesn't know those people, but he knows they know spice. He knows they know how to mine it. So he'd he could lose uh, a ship but he can't lose the knowledge of the people that are on there. You know, I don't even know so much to like, I agree with everything you're saying, with everything you're saying, but I don't even know so much of it had to do with just the knowledge part of it. I think oh, it yeah. had to do with the, these are, these are, these are human beings. These are my yeah. people, you know, these are people yeah. that live on this planet that are working in shitty conditions. Cause those, you can tell they come, when they come out of those spice mining machines, I mean, that's hard fucking work. You mm-hmm. live, you're, you're breathing it's all in your body your orifice spice is on your orifices it's everywhere so 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 those are people that you need to take care of because those people because in every in every revolt revolution who are the people that do it it's 
the working class, it's the lower classes because there's more of them than there are of the upper. Yeah. Yeah. So you want to make sure that you're taking care of those people because in the end they'll take care of you. And he knows that. He knows that he has to do that. And he probably did he did on Caladan and he's he's trying to do it on Arrakis, which we know is not his fault, but he can't do it because they end up fucking him, the other aristocrats, but yes. What did you what did you think about the sequence portraying how Gurney so so Paul gets pulled out of his trance. Gurney comes to get him and the worm is upon them. Like they're yeah. not going to make it to the copter. Right. Um, or the ornithopter or whatever. Yeah. It is. The thopter. Just um, say thopter. Thopter. Um, the way that they portrayed the worm. Like Shy halud. Shy halud. Like the, the sands are quaking. They can't walk because they sink into the sand. They can't yeah. move. And, and so, so it doesn't matter how fast you so are. So cool, dude. Dude, whenever that happened, I was like, oh, fuck. Like the magnitude of this beast is just insurmountable. Well, like it's, also, it's also based on biology. If you know how a worm's biology works. I mean, we're going seventh grade biology here, guys. Okay. I don't remember it. Please. <laughs> okay, so... Dude, it was the, three years for you. It doesn't work for me. It only no, works on no, you. No, no. Only works on you. So, <laughs> so, so I'm going to stop doing that because I don't want to ruin it. All right, so... Um, but, like, okay, so how a worm works as far as biology is concerned is that they eat dirt and they shit dirt. It's literally... It just passes through their system. So the way the sandworms move, you see, they're they don't have a closed mouth. The mass. They're they're no. moving through it. They're moving through it. That's how it's working as far as biology is concerned. And if you think about it, they don't have a closed mouth. I mean, the mouth is there. It's open a hundred percent of the time. So so what he they're basically doing is literally opening their gullet and letting the sand fall through their body. Talk about getting the runs, right? For real, dude. Like it's the shit. <laughs> yeah. It's well, the I sands. Think, but he's got but, all them hard ass teeth in there. Though, hell too. yeah, dude. That's the other part of it is because I mean they're still they're still eating stuff. There's still stuff going through there. But it's just it's 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 kind of moving through the body. So that's why it feels like quicksand because it's shaking from the from the depths of it. But once it goes through, dude, I mean, boom, and they're able it pops out with the and you see how big it is compared to the which once again, we'll talk about scope. Yep. In this movie, the scale of that creature is incredible. And yep. then, in comparison yeah. to how big, how big that sand, the spice yeah, mining machine, compared yeah. to the humans that were there. Yep. And then you have this big fucking beast. I got because there's no other word for it. This big ass beast that literally swallows it whole. Well, that 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 spice harvester. I would say it's akin to like an oil. Um, what are they? What are they? Oh God! The, oh, the thing, an, an oil, oil rig. Uh, yeah, oil rig. Yeah, yeah. like and which are huge. Massive, in their own, which are huge. Massive thing, and he just just swallows it like like it's a like it's, a, it, a micro it, machine or something like even that, or like, Hot Wheels car. It doesn't even like fill its mouth too. It's like it just falls down the hole of Shiloh's wide open. Or yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. You know, it's it, it, it in. Real quick aside about Shai Halud. Uh, interesting story. When I was watching this movie, I was like, there was like a light bulb that went off in my head. 
There was this old hardcore band, which I think they're still around, and their name was Shy Halud. And yes! now I know yes! now I know that Shy right. Halud is from Doom. You're right. Oh <laughs> yeah. my god, I never thought about yeah, that. Yeah, I was like, oh man, that's that's, that's what Shy Halud got their name from. So yeah. Holy fuck. That's so like from like straight up mid nineties hardcore punk. Holy like, uh, fuck. Old school, like like late nineties into the two thousands. Oh Shy my god. Yeah. Interesting interesting. Aside. You Sorry. just literally blew my fucking mind, bro. I think we might they have might new break music in the next episode. <laughs> they might still be around too. I don't know, but um, yeah, Shy Halud was a hardcore band, and now I know where oh they got their name from. God, oh my god, dude! Oh. What were your what was your gut reaction when Paul was running from the worm with his mother, and it stopped and just stared at him? I mean that meant something, didn't it? it? Yeah, dude. I think dude. I think I think I think because I think uh, at that point you knew that there was something truly kind of out of control in regards to Paul. I yeah. mean, there's no other way of it saying was, it, it. Was something about Paul being unique, and I also think it was a little bit of a, a teaser for for a trailer. You know, like they 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 clearly wanted something that was just obscenely massive in scope to put in a trailer as a cut to make sure everyone say i gotta see it i gotta see it yeah and i mean and i mean they they do they in in the original in the first one in the first the original movie they they do something like that too um not to the size because of you know special effects but it's still fucking big I like, don't want to see the original to remember what it looked like it's it's <laughs> it's the original the original one looks more like it looks more like the the uh, uh, what's it called the Demogorgon. Oh, it well, does. Yeah, because it, it has like four flaps that open up. Okay. Well, and, I have and, to go back and watch. I'm gonna watch it. Tonight. Watch it. To, look, you watch it. You watch it because you want to appreciate it. And I mean, look, David Lynch like a different movie. Think of it almost like you know if, if you've. I don't know that you're not into Star Wars, but if you watch any of the the second trilogy or the third trilogy. They've got modern effects, modern storytelling, modern tactics, all these different things that make those movies a little bit easier to digest. Yeah. And when you watch an older movie, you have to understand the era in which it was created and the technology they had at the time. Mm. And a lot of that, along with trying to squish an entire book into what, like an hour and a half, I feel like that first movie was. Not only that is that, I mean, if you want to really find out some crazy shit that happened, which gives you an understanding of what David Lynch was up against, dude, he didn't have final cut. Ooh, which I mean might have been for the best because David Lynch is kind of out there. <laughs> he so, is. He is. Like, and I say that with all respect because I oh, like yeah. David Lynch, dude. Like Blue Velvet, Blue Velvet yeah. is fucking amazing. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, and I'm saying that full on respect because I Mo- I like David Lynch, but it might have Mo- been a good idea. <laughs> Mulholland Drive is a fucking mind fuck. But yeah, yeah for, sure. <laughs> for sure. But yes, he didn't have full cut. He didn't have he didn't have final cut in the movie. So if you want to see, there's like two different versions of the movie. I actually have the DVD that has both versions. There's the original theatrical, and then there's the Alan Smithy version. So the Alan Smithy version is actually because David Lynch didn't want his name attached to the movie, but he wanted a final cut. So he made actually a final cut, and they, he told him. Just release it with Alan Smithy, which if you guys don't know what Alan Smithy is, do you know what Eric, Eric, do you know Alan Smithy? No, no, this is new to me. Okay, so there is a thing that is in Hollywood, okay? 
if a director wants no part of the motion picture that he shot because he has no say in anything that's happening in the editing process or final cut or any of that stuff. He's like, all right, pay me the fucking movie. I want out. Okay. But don't put my name on it. Cause I think it's horseshit. So Same what they Alan do, so they put Alan Smithy as the director. So you could probably find on IMDb movies that are directed by Alan Smithy. And that's the whole reason for it is that people don't, it's people who don't want their name attached to a movie. And so they tack on Alan Smithy. That's, I've never heard that before. That's a first. So you want to see how many movies are attributed to Alan Smithy? Yeah. There's 110 director credits in IMDb. For, for Alan Smithy? For Alan Smithy. So... <laughs> Case in point, directors. you, you want to know a movie, and sometimes they just throw it in there because it's just fucking funny. But here's a movie that there was a movie that came out and was directed by Alan Smithy is Hellraiser Bloodlines. That was directed <laughs> by, <laughs> by Alan Smithy. That's I hilarious. mean, like I said, some of the shit is just on point for funny, and because it's such a bad movie, nobody wants to be a part of it. I, I'm not going to lie, though. But I'm yeah. Very shocked that David Lynch was attached to Dune. You know, like, he, it was his second movie. His second movie. Yeah, I mean that's like, David Lynch is an avant-garde filmmaker through and was, through. You know, yeah, I think it was either with after Eraserhead, Eraserhead or was his first one, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I think it was either after Eraserhead or after Blue Velvet. But I think it was uh, after I'm Eraserhead. Looking at it here, he had uh, it was rate Well, if we exclude all the short things, right? Just the yeah. movies. There was Eraserhead in '77, Elephant Man in '80, and okay, then Elephant Dune Man. in '84. Blue Velvet came in '86. I guess after Elephant Man, that makes sense because Elephant Man was kind of a big deal, you know. Yeah. But like, he's just not that kind of filmmaker. That I'm, I'm shocked that he was on Dune. You know. Yeah, I know. I know. I don't know either. And you can see in the original one, like the David Lynch touch. You know, there's a lot of yeah. weird. That's why I said the navigator's mouths look like vaginas because there's a lot of like weird BDSM imagery in the movie, which is very typical. The original to Dune the, definitely had some of that. Yeah. Like everyone's in leather and weird getups and shit. You're just like, what's going on here, bro? <laughs> like, the pestules on the Harkonnen. Oh, dude, that's like, what? <laughs> like, Eric, you yeah, need to watch, to watch it this. just to enjoy this. This, what we're yeah, talking about. Cause you'll be like, you'd be like, cause they, cause Barrett. So in, so, Let's go juxtaposition here. Baron Harkonnen here is a smooth, bald, fat individual. Has like looks like he doesn't have anything on him except that he's fat and he's kind of grotesquely fat, and he won't move on his own. Those things on his back, I think, levitate his body. Yeah. So in the David Lynch version, he's grotesquely fat, but he's also fucking grotesque. He's got warts. And pustules all over his face, okay. And the guy who plays him is a wonderful character actor. I mean, he's a wonderful character actor. When you see him, you'll recognize him. But he, he's, but he's also very like overly like sexual. Like he's just disgusted. Like his the the Lynch creep vibe, yeah. creep factor yeah. resonates with this character. Like, mm. so it's uncomfortable to watch him. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it's gross. That's classic Lynch. It's so. gross. It's classic Lynch. It's classic yeah. Lynch. Yeah. So yeah, but no, it's it's you know which, but I mean yeah, but it's 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 worth watching just so you can see. Yeah, I'll t- I'm gonna watch. Like it. what works and what didn't work because there's 
Look, I know some things they did well in. There's some parts, but this New Dune is clearly a better film. And there's things that Denis Villeneuve took from this movie because you can see it. You can see he took something from the movie because, and I think it's because he took, they both took from Jodorowsky, Alejandro Jodorowsky, Mm. because he was supposed to direct Dune originally, which would have been even more fucking weird. If you ever see one of his movies, they're out there more so than Lynch's. But but he he was supposed to do Dune and Pink Floyd was supposed to be the, the composer of the soundtrack. I mean, mm-hmm. he was gonna go crazy yeah, with wow. it. Well, I mean wasn't Sting in the first Dune? Yeah, I he forget was. that. Oh, okay. He was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. I just he forgot plays, that until just now. Plays, what's his name's character? He plays, fa- no, no, no. So there's two characters. Oh. There's there's Raban and then there's Fade. And Fade is Sting. But I think Batista is a combination of both characters. Okay, that's what I knew. I thought it was like Batista's character. But uh, yeah, so I can see Denis Villeneuve making, like paying, you know, homage to David Lynch in certain ways. And And I know that if you look at Denis Villeneuve's catalog, which is excellent, um, they're all vastly different films, but he also has a lot of um, metaphors in almost every one of his films. So mm-hmm. I know for a fact, I, I, well, I don't, I can't say for a fact, but I feel very confident that Denis Villeneuve is like a student of David Lynch. I wouldn't be shocked if like that's one of his guys, because if you watch some of his earlier work, like enemy or prisoners, it's, it's, there's a ton of metaphor in that, in those films that are very Lynchian. So yeah. Yeah, um, I'm not shocked to hear you say that he's, you know, taking yeah. some stuff from the Lynch. Yeah, there, I mean, there's some stuff you can take, but all in all, it's not a great flick. But you can see you you can you can appreciate what Lynch was trying to do, you know, backed up against a wall. But yeah, yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's 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 yeah. But like like we've said in this whole like we've amazingly we've talked almost two hours about this movie mm-hmm. that. It's this movie is just unbelievably amazing. Is there something else you guys want to talk about as far as the motion picture is concerned? Um, real quick, just I know this doesn't really have to do with Dune, but I did want to get your take. Have you guys watched David Lynch's Twin Peaks, the show? Not the new one. I've, I watched the, the, the old one. The old one. The old one. When I was a kid, yes. Okay, I know you haven't, Derek. I mean, I don't even know why I asked. I don't even know I don't, you asked. Dude. I don't think yeah. Dick was alive, dude. Honestly. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't. I, I um, also didn't know that there was a first one. I just knew there was one more recently that everyone talked about. No, that's a continuation. That's of a continuation. The yeah, yeah. And it's, I haven't seen it. I heard it's just as weird. So it's so weird, <laughs> I, 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 outrageously weird. But I really like Twin Peaks a lot. So I was just wondering. I, I know that had nothing to do with Dune. I just wanted to see if you'd seen it. But we can't really discuss it if you hadn't or you don't, yeah. you don't remember. No. I, I looked through all the other David Lynch stuff here on IMDb, and I don't think I've even heard of most of these. I, I've I've heard of Elephant Man. I haven't seen it. So, oh my gosh, classic, classic Derek. <laughs> I think, I think I know, I think I've seen like the movie poster for it. I'm pretty sure I'd recognize it, but no, I haven't seen the movie. Okay, good, good. <sighs> just, to, just to submit no the uh, air horn, no lost um, highway, dude. He wouldn't even know what to do after watching Lost Highway. I think, I think he'd probably his head would explode if he watched Lost Inland Empire. Nothing, dude, nothing. Mm, he has negative shit, yeah. Mulholland Drive would totally blow his fucking mind. He'd be like, what the fuck did I watch? Yeah, I was going to say, he wouldn't get it because no one gets it. I wasn't saying that as a diss. I wasn't saying that as a diss. 
It's well, Eric. Derek, Derek, watch the movie. And then the first person I'm going to ask you is, what did you think about the box? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not to, to rush us along, because I do have some more topics I want to discuss. But Go ahead. Perhaps, perhaps one of those movies could be on season three. Maybe. Perhaps it Maybe. will be. Maybe mm. you never mm. know. Although I'd prefer watch Blue Velvet. Blue Velvet is fucking great. Yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah. So okay. What did you think? I, I thought it was very. Uh, it drew me into the story even more during that fight sequence between Paul and Harkonnen. Not Harkonnen. The friend. Yeah. Okay, so let's 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 set the stage on this. So they've escaped, okay, Paul and his mother. They've escaped and they've survived in the desert for it looks like a day, maybe two. And most um, of the Atreides family is gone. Dead. Everybody's dead, you know. Although and, I have a suspicion that there's more of them back on the planet. I don't think so. They couldn't I have taken everything. Also have this weird thing that I feel like, or maybe it's just me not wanting him to be dead, but I feel like Duncan is still around somewhere. I don't know. No, why. he's dead. He's dead. He's dead. Oh, he's, he's, super dead. Dead. he's dead. He's, he's super, super dead. dead. I just was got so excited when he saw that don't vision think, at the end of the movie. I don't think Gurney is. I don't think Gurney is. I don't think Gurney is. But he's super dead. Duncan is super dead. Yeah. 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 Well, that yeah. just crushed my dreams. Sorry, oh, continue. Okay, go back. Sorry. Who knows? Maybe there's a secret thing to do with spice that brings him back. Who knows? But I'm he's definitely about, dead at this point. I'm gonna talk a tangent here. Did you guys notice when um when Duncan was fighting back at the palace when they shot a seeker at him, it hit his armor and then he stuck his, his blade in and popped it out? Yes. Yeah. That was fucking unreal. Yeah, but either yeah. way. Oh yeah. It's yeah. a great, great move. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, fuck yeah, bro. And he just takes down people throughout that entire sequence. Like yeah, he's trying he's... to find the king, find the queen, find the prince, and he's like killing anybody in his way. And he's can't like, stop I, him. Like you can he's and he's like, I'm t- doing this till my last breath. Yeah, I'm for real. People down until I have no more air left in Yeah, and that, that, then that scene in the little room where he's killing all those Sardaukar, yeah. dude, he yeah. took like, he must have taken like 20, 30 guys with him, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and they still were coming. Like, if I were a Sardaukar at that point, I'd be like, you know what? I don't I don't know if I want any part of this. You killed like 30 of my <laughs> you, buddies alone. You guys go ahead. You guys go ahead. I'll stay in the back. That's like the, yeah, that's like the, uh, the, the, the feeling that you'd like to have. Like, if you're in a situation where you know you're going to die and you have to fight, it's like, I want to go out like that where I'm going to go until I have no breath left. Yeah, like, and I'm going to take as much ground, motherfuckers with me. My sword. <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> exactly. I'm going to take as much of you motherfuckers yeah, with me, yeah. dude. You're coming there's with me. Like, there's, you know, I'm, this is totally out of control, but there's a scene in, um, uh, there's a Kevin Costner movie called Wide Earp, where yeah. he's he's talking about uh, a, he's talking he's in he's in like Alaska and some boy comes up to him is played by a uh, um, not Sean Astin it's his brother um, something Astin another Astin anyways he comes up to talk to him and and you know he talks about a story that helped his uncle who was waiting to be hung the next morning and a lynch mob showed up to the sheriff's office or the marshal's office or whatever his office was. And he, and they showed up and he pulled a gun on everybody. He said, I have two guns here. I got 12 bullets. That means that I can take 12 of you with me before you can even get to me. And they all, you know, like it's that whole situation is like, you're going to kill me. I'm going to die. 
but I'm gonna take as much as many as you motherfuckers with me as possible. <laughs> it's just like the it's like the the ultimate way if you're in a fighting sequence to go down. Like even at like the end of Saving Private Ryan when Tom yeah. Hanks is just shooting at the tank. Like I don't yeah. give a shit. <laughs> like I'm gonna I'm unloading all these bullets, man. Yes, exactly. Oh my breath, I'm going. Yeah, dude, yeah. for real, bro, for real. It's 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 so like it makes really that's what makes heroes sequence. heroes. Yeah. yeah. Yep. 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 But, but, um, but yeah, no, I mean, I mean, okay. So, so as they, when they, when they leave and they, they meet up with the, the, you know, the, the Fremen at the, um, after they've escaped the, that fight scene where the Sonic car showed up to the Dr. Kind's, uh, place, they escape and they are trying to get to the Fremen and they find the siege and the Fremen find them, you know, then they have to try and, you know, stay with them. But of course, one of the Fremen, this guy named Janice, uh, like invokes some ancient rite of leadership where if you fight, you become the leader. And so Paul becomes her champion because she actually beat out Stilgar. So she in turn became the leader per se, you know, in that little section because she took Stilgar's knife and put it to his throat. You know, so in in that way, because she did that, she took over power from Stilgar. So that guy Janice wanted to take it from her. And then Paul became her champion to fight Janice. Now you're talking about the fight. Yeah. And and Paul, uh, Janice doesn't realize that Paul's skilled fighter um, to, to at least some extent. Right. He's, he's yeah. been training. He's, he's actually yeah. trained to, to defend himself. And uh, he makes pretty short order of Jamis. I mean, he he disarms him, uh, puts him in a you know position that he could be killed. And Paul doesn't realize. I, at first, I think Paul doesn't realize that he's supposed to kill him. He doesn't want to. I think, and that's the humanity part. Yeah, and that's like I think a. Man. I think that's a theme through this movie is that like there's humanity there. Like he doesn't mm-hmm. want to kill him, and he's giving him like, all right, that's enough. But they're yeah. like, nah. Even what's his Pardem's character is like, nah, bro. You got to do it, bro. Yes. <laughs> you know, he's like, it's and it's like, funny because he's sitting there like emotionless. This is his boy for years. It's about to die, and he's just like, nah, bro. You got to finish this off. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's like he's like she's like when when, when yeah. Jessica says he's never killed anyone. Bardem's like, fuck. Oh well, well. well unfortunately, yep, yep. here's your here's your first, buddy. <laughs> you, know? you can see that tells you more about Stolgar's character. Yeah. Of like, yeah, this is my friend, but he put himself in this yeah, situation. Yeah, he this stepped in here on his own uh-huh. and that's, that's what it's like. And, and it, it even kind of tells you a little bit about the Fremen people where like, yes, this is our turf. Yes. It's lethal. It, it will kill you. If you, if you don't know what you're doing, you're not careful because that's kind of the balance of the world. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, like some things die. Right. And that's, that's kind of the way it goes. And it really paints that, uh, Gives you more clarity to, to the Fremen people, I think. Um, I was a little well before I move on. What did you get? Do you guys have any comments on the fight? No, no, and it, 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 I, I totally agree with you. I think it, it gives you understanding of the place because Arrakis is unforgiving. Sure, it's deadly. I mean, you can't be outside at high noon at for all. more than maybe two hours tops. Otherwise, you will die. Mm-hmm. So. The whole thing is with the Fremen is that they've they're from Arrakis. They understand 
the nature of the planet. And so they understand that to survive, you also have to be, to a certain degree, unforgiving. So their practices are unforgiving because that's where they live. That's the environment they're in. Sure. And I think Bardem is just like does such a good job of portraying yeah. that like, yeah. throughout this whole film. Like he's so flippant. In the beginning when he doesn't give a shit that homeboy yeah. is drawing his weapon at him, and yes. then like you're watching him uh watching he's watching to uh Paul about to take out his boy, and he's just like, Yep, okay, sirrah, sirrah. Chance. He like cause cause you remember uh what is it? Is it John Jamis? Um he he kind of tries to take on Stilgar, right? And Stilgar's like, no, yeah, not right now. Yeah. Not here. This is not the time. Like, you don't mean that. Like, come on, dude. Like, not really. And yeah, exactly. he, he doesn't, you can see how he's like, I don't want to kill you. Let's not do this. Oh, well, you still chose to do this. So that's kind of how this plays out. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of, it's your decision, bro. That's what you asked for. And it also goes to show you that fucking Paul is an absolute fucking badass. Because the whole time he stopped this guy with everything he did in no time flat. And then when he actually did it, it took him two seconds. Yeah. He was toying with him. Not was, not in a not, not in a playful way, but he could have disposed of him very quickly. Very quickly. And it, and, and it was great that they the cool thing about this was, and I get it because it was PG thirteen, but I thought it was even greater anyways, is that even with a PG thirteen movie, you would have seen blood and what spurred it out was even more valuable, which is his water. Yeah. Spur it out of the suit. Yeah, that was great. The most right. valuable resource that they could get. And that we just skipped over all that all part. They could have just turned the whole planet into an ocean planet, but because spice is here, it's a lot easier when it's on the surface. Exactly. So screw these people. They don't need water that bad. Exactly. So it's just, it's funny because it's kind of crazy. You know, it's just the minute he slid his still suit, that's all that came out. It wasn't, it wasn't blood, even though there was blood on his knife. But what popped out was what spurred out first was the water. Yeah, which was yeah. awesome. I thought I thought it was a great touch. But, anyways, all right. So, I mean, do you guys want to talk about anything else? Or you just want to go to our rating. I have one. I have one thing I want to bring up, and it's how the movie ended. What's up? Um, okay. I I I felt pretty confident throughout this entire film that they were not going to try and jam pack it all into one movie. Right? It didn't feel rushed the same way the first one did. It, it felt yeah. more digestible. And and then again, the direction choice that I think was in the best uh, best route to go. Yeah, but I really thought because we know at this point exactly where the next movie is going to pick up. It's going to be at the Fremen city, right? And all we've heard so far is they've got all this technology and they live, you know, with the environment and you know they go unseen. All these different things. I really thought that they were going to leave us with a cliffhanger of like a glimpse, like to to pique your interest of what the city looked like what a Fremen society lived as. And they didn't show us that at all. They didn't even hint at it. Like they just know that that's where we're headed. Like they didn't, I, I get that it could have been an expensive shot to put in the last two seconds of a movie, but often that's how you can peak interest to get your sequel. You know, mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of a, as much as I wanted it as a viewer, I really am glad that they didn't no, include that. No. It was a smart move. Yeah. Yeah. Because that. I didn't, I didn't, Again, I didn't need to know that part yet, right? The same with everything else that we're talking about, how, you know, we don't know what was in the box. We don't know all these other things. We didn't, we didn't need to know yet. 
And at this point, we don't need to see what a Furman City looks like. But man, I was hungering for it. <laughs> well, I mean, well and, you'll and, get it in a couple yeah, years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you will. You will let that. And I mean, and we can honestly understand that the Furman City is probably underground because of the sunlight. Yeah, I mean, at least a little bit. But you know, they're growing plants, so they got those. I don't know whatever the light holes that were coming down in that hall thing that they were looking at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's. It's it's cool. We're gonna see a lot of stuff. I can't, I can't wait to watch that too because that's gonna kind of that's that's gonna pique my interest is how he's gonna portray the Fremen people and how they live and how they react to the environment as well. So that's gonna be super cool to watch. But I I'll mean, have to rewatch the first one. Yeah, you can watch the first one. And I actually know it's funny is that I have not only that, but I think my brother has it. Goody actually has the DVD of the Dune miniseries from Sci Fi Channel from the nineties. Is it any good? Eh, it's okay. It's pretty good. But it's it fleshes it. it fleshes out the story over six hours. I might watch it. We'll see. It's not bad. Know. It's not bad. It's not bad. Uh what's yeah, his name? Not um, watch it. Don't watch <laughs> it. You probably not, wouldn't like that. it. I, I watched it as a teenager in Even high school. Even if I made so a wager with it. you, you wouldn't watch it. No. Nope. I watched it actually no, I watched it when I was like a junior in college. It was like two thousand when it came out. So it's not it's not great. <laughs> it's it's sci fi. But it was impressive for them to do a six hour miniseries on just Dune. Um and they actually Is it did rating time? Yes, let's do the rating. All right. So for me, I'm gonna give this movie a fucking straight nine, bro. I ain't gonna lie. Deserved. I'm gonna give it a nine, bro. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give it a nine. It's a good rating. Yeah, fair, <laughs> respectable. Um, Is it my I'll, turn? Yeah, no, go ahead, Eric. Go you ahead. go. Um, yeah, you can go last. <laughs> off, go ahead. <laughs> um, I also, I'm really, I, I you know, I, I don't mean to 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 follow suit here, just to follow suit. It was my, it was my rating. I'm giving it a nine. It's a nine. It's the film is a nine, and that's a lot for me to say as a sci-fi film although Denis Villeneuve did do another film which we're gonna watch next season that is sci-fi I'm going to choose it that uh is fantastic too yes this one's I'm gonna I'm not gonna say what it is we'll talk about later but uh I'm gonna give I'm gonna give this one a nine so we're all on the same page don't worry (laughs) okay yeah um I'm not gonna give you the breakdown it's it's a uh, it's a nine point one for me. Um, oh, wow. I consider I consider anything at a nine or higher is something that should be seen by anybody who appreciates film um, for its both jo- enjoyment, um, like as a final product, but as uh, like a production in, in its cinematic perspective, right? And all of the the classic uh, film school esque you know evaluations. Um, this movie hits all the marks. Uh, I, I, I only give it a, a 9.1 because I am sure that there are some things that could have been better. Although I don't know what they are. I'm not the person like, I, there's no way I could have done this any better. Right. No way in, in, in a long yeah. shot. Um, but I'm sure that there were areas for improvement. Um, but I think that it is quite literally one of the best movies I've seen in a long time. And that, that includes blue Valentine. Dude, dude, just shut up. <laughs> okay. Oh shit! All right, so that, ladies and gentlemen, uh, straight, strong finish, strong, strong finish, finish strong finish to the season, man. We've done the three episodes, the the the, the, the Dune special, where 
We're so glad we actually got to do it. It's awesome. But um, we're going to go ahead and uh, release it pretty soon. And if you guys have anything you know, you want to send us or anything, remember it's at Movies Rock Podcast. Uh, we're going to go forward. Pretty soon we're going to be coming out with season three. Um, we're going to figure out what we're going to do for that <laughs> to a certain degree. Someday. Someday. But uh, season three is coming out soon. So uh, appreciate you guys with everything you do. We'll talk to you later. Wait, wait, wait. Peace. We're not doing What's a up? quote. There's no quote. Oh, well, no, I did a quote earlier, but I can I can find another quote, dude. It's just I'd be okay so with the many. same quote, but that's a good quote. That's a good quote. All right, let's just go with it, bro. Let's go with the mind killer. All right. So the quote for this movie has always been the case. Actually, you know what's funny about the mind killer quote is that when the pandemic started, the quote is long enough where if you say the quote. You can while you're washing your hands, that gives you the 20 seconds to wash your hands. Oh my gosh, the nerd culture, myself included, are now implementing (laughs) that as our regular. Yeah, (laughs) all right. So, we're as as requested, I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer, fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear, I will permit it to pass over me and through me. And when it has gone past, I will turn the inner eye to see its path. Where the fear has gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain. Now rinse your hands. Now rinse your hands, everybody. Night, folks. Father, the sleeper has awakened.